Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Trenches Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. This sports program starts now. Football is what we chat about, and it's glorious Wednesday. That means the week behind us is just too far away. The week ahead of us is around the corner, but it's a little bit far. So today, we'll enjoy conversations about all the happenings around the NFL with some breaking news. A new contract signed in the Cleveland Browns organization. A man who used to be on their team, then went and saw his way around the NFL to see if any other teams who wanted services goes back to the Cleveland Browns and Kareem Hunt. Here we go. Running back that was a free agent there for a bit, visit New Orleans and came to the Indianapolis Colts as we are dealing with our Jonathan Taylor running back situation and in the end, after Nick Chubb's devastating injury on Monday Night Football, Kareem Hunt goes back to the Browns, a system that he knows very well and we assume he'll be able to pick up right where he left off. Now Ford will also get the rock and strong will probably get the ball as well but Kareem Hunt certainly adds another element to the Browns after they lose their stud, their star, their focal point in Nick Chubb in devastating fashion. We're happy for Kareem Hunt. We're pumped for him. What does that mean for everything else going around the NFL? We will chat about it. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Nine-year Okay, wow. NFL vet, mm-hmm. good host of NFL matchups, which is on uh, ESPN The Ocho, yep. right. ESPN News, <laughs> yep. ESPN Plus, what? ESPN Two, ESPN U. We also have some man to man podcast yesterday. Everything DB, ladies and gentlemen, every Monday through Wednesday, Darius J. Butler. And every Wednesday on this beautiful Trenches Wednesday is a guy who hosts In the Trenches, which will happen in the third hour today, where we'll break down some of the big boys from around the NFL to see who we're liking and who we're not liking. Ladies and gentlemen, 12-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion, both player and a coach, A.Q. Shipley. Thank you. Let's go. A.Q., what have we not talked about this uh, week on this particular program that maybe you saw and you think that there needs to be a little bit more attention to? Well, I think Darius and I talked a little bit about before the show. Scheme means everything, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit about later, what McVeigh, Shanahan, what? McDaniel, Biden. not the S, McDaniel, not McDaniel. Yeah, Michael. Got it? Yep. Yeah, because McDaniels lose the Bills mm-hmm. big. Oh, yeah. McDaniel runs the buzzsaw in Miami. Bingo. And Artie Smith. And Artie Smith. See, what's happening is those guys are doing such a good job with the guys up front, and they're not putting the line in one-on-one situations all day long, and that is why they're able to do so many good things on offense because – they can run the ball, and then they put their offensive line in positions where they don't have to be in one-on-one pass protection all game long. Yeah, because some of these coaches, you see an offensive line that is maybe terrible, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, they're set up to be terrible here. We're not running the rock ever. You're not allowing the offensive lineman to have any type of leverage pre-snap. There's no movement that maybe even shifts the D-line right before snap, so they're not just ears pinned back off and running. Speaking of, we'll have J.J. Watt join us today. Whoa. Right. Hey. We got a lot of his film that he wants to kind of break down around the NFL. I believe it's going to be a little bit of Micah. I believe it's going to be a little bit of TJ. Right. I believe it's going to be a little bit about the Miami Dolphins defense down there. I believe there's going to be some chitter-chatter about that and also some historic references in there. We got Jason Kelsey joining us. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, this is a big deal. Is this the first time he's been on the show? I think think so, so. yeah. Obviously, we've been a fan of his from afar. The Kelsey family is beautiful. They're a couple of uh, Ohio uh, folks. Uh Folks. Mm -hmm. Guys, dogs. There it is. That is what, yeah, they're Ohio dogs Mm -hmm. who have obviously gone on to do great things. I watched the Kelsey documentary last night on Amazon Prime. He's... 
Legend. So good. Absolute legend. They tell his life story, obviously, but then they chit-chat about him being like the most revered Philadelphia Eagles player in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. He is beloved over there, and there's easy reason why. On the field, he's incredible at what he does. Undersized, right, which I think Philadelphia appreciates because mm -hmm. they have that underdog mentality, but he also fights through everything. The first scene of this documentary is pretty much all the injuries that he has. Yes. Okay, I got a elbow, two fingers, a knee, a hip, my foot, my ankle currently toes. broke right now. Toes. He's doing everything and then still fighting through and they go all the way to the Super Bowl and then they launched the New Heights podcast between the two of them and it's the number one sports podcast on earth for good reason. They have incredible personalities. So Jason Kelsey will be on today in about 15 minutes. I do believe he confirmed some news on a morning show this morning oh, in Philadelphia. Yes, he did. About his brother's dating life. Really? Now, we will not make that the focal point of our conversation oh, with no. Jason Kelsey, although we will throw, you know. A couple lines. At least a question or two about it. Have to. And he could have been trolling. We all understand that that is something that Ohio football guys could potentially sure. do. But Jason Kelsey will be joining us today. J.J. Watt will be joining us today. Ooh. Chris Carter will be joining us today. Wow. Okay. And then tomorrow, Travis Kelsey. Okay. Wow. Okay, so we okay. got a little Kelsey party here in the middle of the week. We're very lucky for. So, you know, I assume there's going to be some things that come out about football, sure. out of all these conversations, mm -hmm. out of pop culture. There right? it is. Out of all Glad. these conversations and everything else. I would recommend the Jason Kelsey documentary, though, on Prime. I think they got incredible access. They showcased a lot of good things. And his family was really cool to watch. You know, he's got two little baby girls. As somebody who has a baby girl right now that is not at the stage of doing what his girls were doing, all it did was just make me pumped and excited about what is to come. Mm -hmm. And also, I have nothing but respect for him, the man, the football player, the husband, the dad, you name it. Mm -hmm. I love this guy. We're lucky to be chatting with him here in a little bit. Let's talk about some news around the NFL. I alluded to it. Kareem Hunt signs a one-year deal to go back to the Cleveland Browns worth up to $4 million. Now, we didn't know what the market was for Kareem Hunt, especially after the Dalvin Cook deal, Saquon situation, Josh Jacobs situation, Jonathan Taylor situation, Najee Harris situation, <laughs> everything going on in the running back market. Sure. We didn't know if Kareem Hunt was holding out for big money. He gets $4 million deal. He goes back to a system he knows. This feels like the right play for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, losing Nick Chubb is a heartbreaker. Kareem Hunt back there made sense immediately. Absolutely. Nick Chubb is my favorite running back in the NFL. The way he runs the ball with that offensive line is incredible. The scheme, Kareem Hunt already knows. He's a dog. He was one of the best yeah. in the league for a long time. He goes back to a system in which he knows. You put him right in there, and he is going to make a difference immediately. I think he's an Ohio guy too, right? Isn't that a thing? Uh, from yeah. Toledo. 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 Yeah, he's from Ohio, I sure. do believe. So he is you know, born bred in the elements. And he hasn't made great decisions all the time. But whenever he's on a football field, he's very good. Normally a part of a tandem back there. Yes. Normally a part yep. of a duo. He'll be the focal point now. Debo, what do you think? Yeah, we assume, we assume so. And, um, you know, you got Ford in there, obviously. So give him probably a couple weeks to get his legs up under him. You know, no training camp. We would think that he's been taking care of himself, you know, as a pro um, away from the building. But I think it's a win-win. You get a guy who, once again, knows the system, who can not only run the ball, but he's good out of the backfield as well. You can dump it down to him as a receiver. And now, you know, one-year prove-it deal for him. Mm -hmm. Guys, that's not that old. And uh, maybe he can get, get some more money on the open market next year. thought he was coming to the Colts. Yeah, yeah I thought well, he was coming yeah. to the Colts. Colts obviously have a chance mm. going to win championship. You know, we have the same record as the Browns. That's <laughs> true. So just yeah, everybody true, needs dear. to make sure we keep things under control whenever we're talking about expectations to where. You lose Nick Chubb. One guy going to be able to come in and fix it? No. Maybe a group of people will be able to do it. Kareem just sitting there, though, on the market, knowing their offense. I assume Andrew Barry, the GM over there, was like, got to do it, got to make it happen. I wonder if Kareem knew that though right Leverage yeah exactly mm -hmm. leverage wise uh-huh you know you guys 
You guys need me right now. Oh, I got other offers on the table, too. Sure he did. The Saints, they flew me all the way down there. I didn't go in their building. You know why? Because the Colts called me and said, hey, don't go in their building. I got a good offer for you up here in Indianapolis. Now, he comes to Indianapolis. Colts let him out of the building. Mm -hmm. No deal in sight. No conversation either. Then they were talking about, well, maybe it's a physical. Maybe he didn't pass physical. Yeah. Maybe he's not in good shape. Maybe it was a contract distribute. Ooh. Whatever the case was, Colts and Kareem Hunt were not able to get a deal done. He goes over to Cleveland, and then there was reports he's working out right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there was no news. So then it started on the internet. People started, oh, he must not be in shape. There must mm -hmm. be some sort of physical issue because of what happened at Indianapolis. Then whenever they sign him and announce him, I assume that was a weight off of Kareem Hunt's shoulders too. Now the game's over. Now we're not playing the field anymore. Now we're not working angles, leverage things. We're back in the right spot. Good for Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and he's the opposite of Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong. Like, Pierre Strong, he was drafted to New England, and he's always been a scat back. He, I think he ran like a 4-2-8 at the combine. Yeah, flies. He was the fastest running back last year. And Jerome Ford, I, I mean, allegedly they've loved him for, since he day one. He looks good. Yeah, yeah they wanted, they wanted him to be – you know, kind of that third down roll. So Hunt's the opposite. I mean, you can put him in third and one, you know, short yardage gains, obviously. But then they'll probably still give Ford a lot of time. It, it almost feels like he's still the starter and Cream's coming in to be that number two like he was with Chubb. Pass protection, too. Like, he, mm -hmm. he knows all of that, and all the other guys are younger, too. And he's he was their third down back with Chubb there. So he's, he's obviously really good at pass protection and stuff like that. So I assume that's a huge part of it, too, because – uh, their pass protection, as far as the running back was concerned, was not great when Chubb, Chubb went out. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson, you know. Oh, yeah. He's, he looked better. Okay, He can move. Yeah. He looked better. Than, I, I feel like each game he has looked better. When will he get back to the Deshaun Watson that was being told, like, hey, you are being wasted here in Houston yeah. with how talented you are, DJ. how great you are, how everything that you do on a football field – Okay. Yes. A little caveat. Well, it has to be chatting right. about that. Two years off, though. Long time. That's a long time. But like, bro, I don't want to bring this up just because everybody brings it up all the time about quarterbacks. But like, if Colin Kaepernick, who people still are saying, hey, he deserves a shot, he deserves a shot, he's been out for what eight years? Long yep. time. If you can stay in game shape and like mental sharpness shape for eight years without being in a building and still be NFL ready, like. Hell, that's like the greatest superhero yeah. of all time. Good on you. That's why I hope like there comes a time where a team says, yeah, all right, we'll do it. Here you go. Colin Kaepernick's out there. And if he proves that he's been able to be remain, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hope doubt a team it. goes, yeah, doubt, all right. Doubt it. We'll do it. We'll yep. put, him, put him right in the Hall of Fame if he plays well. If he plays well after yeah. an eight-year hiatus, yeah. it would be one of the most impressive things of all time. You see guys miss one year, never be able to get back. Yeah. And you, like that, two years he was out pretty much, and then everything that was going on, and he has not been able to find. Will he be able to get back to it, I wonder? He's still young enough to be able to yeah. do it. But two years away from a building, away from a game, away from the discipline, away from the the pressures of going through. It's like, it's different ballgame. I mean, game. just playing football. Yeah. Even, even like, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, who's been, you know, great for a long time in the league. You know, he missed training camp. He still doesn't really look like himself yet because that's why it's so impressive that a guy like, you know, Nick Bosa or Chris Jones to get out there. I know they're playing D-line. is different, but just get out there and hit the ground running. Like, that's hard to do. I don't care how hard you work out, what type of workouts you do. There's nothing like actually playing live rep football so uh it's gonna be tough to do but i mean deshaun before you know when we saw him playing in houston when he got a oh. second till he was a top easily a top three to five quarterback still young you gotta think 
at some point you can figure it out. But you know that 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 clock is ticking. Bro, oh, yeah. two years away from the game coming back is a lot. We oh, started right. asking a question when he was one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he was one like six months removed, we wasn't even practicing. Remember, he was showing up at practices wearing red, wasn't even on the field. No, no this is before chilling. everything just sitting there. And it's like, all right, is this guy is he throwing a football anywhere? Like I know he's not doing it at the practice. Is he working his, himself? And then one thing leads to another. Then we start learning more and more. It's like, well, this is super serious. This is very, very bad stuff going on. And then two years happen and they're like, all right, now you're back in. It's like, mm-hmm. if he was able to pick that up, that would have been incredible. Just like Cap, just like all these people. Hopefully, it's nothing for Kareem and he's dropped back in. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a guy who is going to go down as, you know, the original capital of the United States of America. Yep. Right. Is a city in Pennsylvania called yep. Philadelphia. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you know Philadelphia, you know it's a sports city. I mean, yeah, that's big time. they love their sports over there. Mm-hmm. This guy, from the way it looked like to me while watching a documentary, is the most well-liked guy in the history of sports, in the history of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. for good reason. On the field, going to go down as the greatest of all time. If not one, then two. Who's doing the arguing? I'll say one. Somebody else might have other uh, things. Brings a championship to Philadelphia. Gives one of the greatest Super Bowl parade speeches of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now he has the number one sports podcast on earth with his brother, ladies and gentlemen, just an Ohio dog, right. Jason Kelsey. Yeah! Hell of an intro, Pat. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, I think this is your first time on the show, man. I'm jacked up. The boys are jacked up. We appreciate you making time, yeah! Jason. We oh, do. Yeah. I'm happy we finally got this together. Uh, been a long time waiting for this one. So I watched- Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for joining us. I watched a documentary last night uh, on Prime to prepare for this, and I was only going to watch five to ten minutes or whatever. I was going to try to get to bed early, you know. I am a girl dad now. Got a busy stuff. I've been trying to fall asleep. <laughs> I was captivated by it, man. This was very, very well done. I assume you had some fears when you signed up for doing something like this, as intrusive as it was, and then once you saw the outcome of it, I assume you had to be happy about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think when we first signed up to do it, we were actually going to do it on a, like transitioning out of the NFL was the idea. You know, I, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do after football. Still don't really know fully what I was going to do. And I think, you know, as we kind of went through it, uh, we felt like we had a story with last season alone. And we ended up getting NFL films on board. A bunch of people fell into place where, you know, it felt like there was a really, really good story as is with the family, with the fans, uh, uh, yeah. my wife, my kids, like everything. So it, it all kind of fell in differently than we expected. But you're right. Yeah, I was nervous up until the premiere, the launch day. Like, you know, at, on some level, you're happy with it, and that's enough. But you're also still kind of, you know, what are people going to think? You know, this is – we put ourselves out there. We try to be as real as possible, and uh, we're definitely happy with the reception it's got. Well, I want to let you know. I appreciate you doing it because I think you gave a glimpse at what it is like to be an NFL guy, even more to people that have fallen in love with the sport, fallen in love with the league and only see you guys on game day. I mean, literally you with your ankle playing with your kids, not being able to move (laughs) like people see that and they're like, okay, we appreciate what these guys are putting themselves through to entertain all of of us and the way you've maintained just so much energy and a positive attitude and loyalty and your style of play is one where you got to be fast. I had no idea. Your ankle was as bad as it was last year in that documentary with how you played on the field. And you said, I'm I'm full of a bunch of anti-inflammatories. I think that's why the end is yeah. near. Tordal is the greatest. Tordal is <laughs> the Vitamin greatest. T. You, know that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat that. <laughs> it is. Was that all season, though? Because I, I don't know if the doc covered all season. Your ankle seemed to be, like, very, very, it was a, very bad. It, it, was a, it was a grade two, maybe, like, a grade one plus high ankle, right? So... Um, 
luckily I've torn that ligament before. So when it tears for a second time, it doesn't really swell up as much. Um, But, you know, it it was bad during the week on game day. As you know, you get it to where it needs to be. Luckily, I'm not a receiver or running back, have to do all this cutting. I can kind of tape that thing up there pretty rock solid and just – Nah, 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 we don't believe that. You're you're running like a running back every single play. That's why the Eagles' (laughs) offense is what it is. So I just want to let you know, very impressed with your toughness and very appreciative of everything. I think we just lost power. Yes, we did. Yeah, Yeah, but you're still on. Clock went out as well for a second. That's good. Who knows if we're out there or not. Did you see that? I did. You brought the electricity down over here with how great you were. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, let's, uh, Let's talk about one last thing from the documentary. Your wife and you telling your story of how you guys come together obviously oh, is yeah. awesome you know meeting on it's tinder a, a, yeah go ahead a tale as old as times you know just, <laughs> it really is but i want to let you know this and i assume you've heard this because of her appearance on new heights and everything like that but like my wife massive fan of your wife i think everybody's everybody that's ever played in the nfl their significant others massive fans of your wife i think the world big fans of your wife now we are wondering if your wife is enjoying the celebrity status, is she going to take over the world? It feels like she is maybe one of the coolest humans walking this earth, and you, the same thing. We got a celebrity power couple between you two. Everybody's talking about your brother. Obviously, you are as well, but everybody's talking about <laughs> yeah. you two. You, you and your wife are becoming a celebrity couple right now as we speak, I think, pal. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Ian Rappaport, Travis Kelsey right now. No, I think uh, my, uh, my wife is... Uh, She's been in hiding for a long time. I think one of the best things about the documentary is that everybody got to see just everything she does, everything she goes through, and uh, the tremendous person and uh, wife that she is. And, um, you know, I don't think she's – I don't know if she's happy or upset about it. She's not the type of person that likes um, the spotlight. She's not the type of person that seeks that out. Um, But I think that it's it's awesome the amount of reception she's gotten and – the amount of other wives, the people, uh, moms out there, wives out there that have uh, been able to, uh, I don't know, assimilate or what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, you um, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so relate. I think it, it's relate. There we go. Yeah. Uh, relate. relate with her. And I think um, I think a lot of people saw that. So Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about this. You're going to the Hall of Fame and every Hall of Fame speech involves a guy saying uh, to their wife, I wasn't around enough. I do apologize to their kids. I wasn't around enough. I do apologize. It feels like watching you at home. That's a massive deciding factor on how long you're going to play for alongside your body as well. You were talking about retiring going into last year with how it went and reception and how you played You're back again. Is that just going to be an every year thing that you're going to have to think about or how are you going to process that? Yeah, I'm going to take it one at a time, one at a time. Just, you know, feel where we're at physically, mentally, um, you know, emotionally and w- whether it's, you can make that type of commitment, uh, because it does take away from your family, especially when you take in all the other things that I'm doing off the field. Um, and you know, being around family as, as you just said, Pat, there's so many of our colleagues, coaches, uh, players, um, that weren't around their families or, or weren't able to be, to be, to compete and succeed at the highest level. And that happens, I'd imagine in anything, not just football right and you want to be the best at anything in the world it takes time and commitment and um you know i think that that balance of being there for my family being there for the girls and my wife is the number one most important thing to me and um 
as long as I still feel like I can do that while also uh, selfishly a little bit uh, striving to uh, compete and be the best in the world at something, uh, I'm going to try and do that. But, uh, you know, once you get married, once you have kids, all that other stuff takes a big time second seat, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And watching you and your kids was cool. I just had my first daughter. So watching you interact and you're obviously incredibly sore. You turned a corner in the kitchen, I think, and started yelling at one of your daughters. I was like, <laughs> this guy loves being a dad, man. Like, I can't wait to do that. I, I was enjoying it. But let's talk about on the football field. AQ Shipley, sure. who's a big fan of yours, has a question for you, Jason. AQ, what up? What's up, Jason? Good to see you. <laughs> you obviously know the respect I have for you. But one of the questions, you got Tampa Bay this week. You got Vita Vey. Yeah. We all know about Vita Vey. He's an absolute monster. You've played against him yeah. before. You've played against the Aaron Donald types. Let's go into your mind a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about how does your mindset and technique change from week to week when you're going against an Aaron Donald body type and then a Vita Vey body type? Well, I was actually hoping you'd give me some technique, uh, <laughs> seeing as you were teammates with the guy. There's not much you can do for Vita, but um, I think uh, you're always assessing what type of player the guy is. What are his strengths? What are his skill sets? What moves does he like to do? Uh, you know, every technique that offensive lineman has kind of has a weakness, has a has a weak spot. So, you know, when you're playing a player, you're trying to factor in, okay, is this a power guy? If he's power, you know, I can go for leverage right away, try and stop his momentum, get him situated at the line of scrimmage. Maybe that'll negate some of that. You know, if it's a if it's a speed guy, a finesse guy, he's trying to work edges, you know, I can sit back a little bit more. Uh, get ready to move my feet and stay in front of them and maybe go with a little bit wider hands. The guys that are tricky, unfortunately, are the guys that have both of those. And and Vita is certainly, although he's 350 plus, he's got plenty of quickness and agility at the same time, which is why he's such a uh, perennial you know player that he is. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a, a match back and forth all game, I'm sure. Um, he's one of the guys that you look forward to going to because it's going to be a test. Um and, uh, yeah, I think you, you kind of go into it uh, getting ready to see how the game unfolds, go into it with a strategy, and then see how it's playing out. The guys tell you how much they enjoy your podcast whenever you're playing against them, like Vita Vea and you, ah, and he's like, hey, it was good, a good podcast. Is that happening? <laughs> Dude, they do. It is weird. It is weird in the middle of the game. Other guys bringing up the podcast, like Judon didn't really mention it during the game, but the immediately following the last uh, play was right on top of it. I mean, um, it's been cool to see the respect and the amount of other guys across the league that enjoy the clips and and watching the show for sure. Ah, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yep. incredible. And I, in the, in your show is awesome. like in the in the documentary, you show you filming the first one, and at the end, which I appreciated, you said, "For those that watch this whole thing, like we're sorry, because yeah. we feel that way about this show still yep. to this day." But you said, like you said, we're going to get better at this. And I want to let you know, I don't know if you got better or if you just did the same thing for the amount of stuff. You guys got, like, the greatest show going. And I don't I don't think you expected that, truly. I don't think you genuinely thought that was going to be the case after watching it all unfold behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, we we, we struck lightning in a bottle a little bit. You know, both of our teams go to the Super Bowl in year one. That definitely helps uh, yeah, the viewers, yeah, cool. viewership yeah. out. But, you know, I think we didn't know what to expect. We knew that we were getting involved with the company and production team that was really savvy with social media and making these clips and everything to get it, that it was going to get seen. Um, we didn't know if we were going to be any good at it. We definitely didn't think we were any good at it. Um, still don't know if we're good at it, but yeah. people seem to like it. Yeah, you are and, good. Um, yeah, you are. You're great. You're great. <laughs> Not just good. It's great. But, um, you know, I think, you know, we've been talking about that for a number of years starting 
a show or starting a podcast and, uh, you know, seeing guys like you, seeing Bussin, seeing a lot of f- players that went on to start their own thing in the media world and have so much success kind of gave us the, you know, Hey man, let's just freaking do this, man. Let's, let's I feel like it's going to be fun. If it's successful, you know, that's great. If it's not successful, Hey, we're just chopping it up anyway. So I think, uh, I mean, dude, seeing the success that you guys have had a lot of the former, former players, current players doing it, uh, it's been uh, it's been awesome, man, and it's only going to keep happening. So it's great. Yeah, it is. way to pave the way, Pat. No, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I don't I'm it. serious, man. Yeah, stop, yeah. stop, Jason. Stop. I don't need to hear that. It's hard to believe. When was the last time we actually ran into each other? Was it at the Pro Bowl in like Arizona or yeah. like? I, I don't know. We were chopping there. it up, and then it might have been the Super Bowl. Every time we've been around yeah. each other, we have drank every single time. Well, that's, a, that's a common theme anywhere i'm at but yeah, it's, uh, it's uh it's been remarkable seeing this man so well done brother well i appreciate that very lucky for it but i think like there's so many guys that are talented at it and i think a lot if we can be something that'll help people say like yeah if that show can do it we can do it i appreciate being that i'm lucky to be that but we're thankful that your show has come into the football world it's been fantastic a really I mean, lightning in a bottle for sure, but also, like, you're, like, greatest center of all time. He's, like, greatest tight end of all time. That's also potential lightning in a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh-huh. There's just, like, so many things that kind of stack on top of each other. We're appreciative of you doing it. Let's go back to Philadelphia now. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Jason, last year we had Coach Sirianni on, and, and we mentioned you, and he kind of said, you know, it was when you didn't know if, it, you know, taking it year by year, he basically said, like, hey, yeah. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure he comes back. He said that however many kegs of beer he needed to get you. Like, he was going to make sure he did that to, to get it done. So I'm just curious, has he made good on that? And also, what evolution oh, yeah. have you seen in him from that first pr- press conference where everyone's kind of like, oh, man, this guy certainly appears to be a doofus. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing until now, and, and he's one of the most respected coaches in the NFL. You know, I think, um, first of all, he has made good. Each and every offseason so far, I've gotten a keg. And it's uh, set out back and it's gotten plenty of use in those early months trying to decide. So I appreciate that from, from coach Sirianni, but you know, I, I think that first press conference, it's funny looking back, um, you know, when nobody really knew who Nick was or how he worked or how he operated and, um, you know, got absolutely destroyed by the Philadelphia media, which that's really easy to do. I think Not just the Philadelphia media. Oh yeah, that's fair. But you know, it, it's funny because, the way he did that press conference kind of epitomizes a little bit how he is as a coach. And dude, he's just always going, always where it's almost like his mouth can't catch up to like where his brain is going <laughs> in the conversation a little bit. And you see that a lot, I guess, when guys are doing their first press conference for sure. But man, every we have some of the most purposeful, meaningful team meetings. He's always never missing a point to make a coaching point whether it's about game management, whether it's about uh, plays we're running. Like, he's he says it so much that he can ask Fletcher Cox sometimes what play you think we're running, and Fletch knows. You know what I mean? It's it's this constant – he just loves coaching ball. He's a football guy. He loves being around the team. He loves being in the position he's in. And it comes through and comes across in everything he does. And uh, I'm really happy for the amount of success we've had so far with him. 
and uh, just that everybody's gotten to witness kind of who he is firsthand. Now, with that being said, Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Jason, obviously now that you guys went to the Super Bowl last year, the expectations in Philly are a little different. I think we can all you know, acknowledge the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers have had a lot of expectations and it hasn't gone exactly yeah. perfect and the fans don't react exactly perfect. And in your first home game last week, end of the first quarter, you're up 3 nothing. Start to hear some boos. Uh, how has that been in Philly now that you guys are every single year? Hey, Super Bowl or bust? And at some points on the bench, you're like, all right, guys, like, Jesus Christ, we're winning this game. Can we just relax in the stands a little bit or what? I mean, you know, I'm used to it. I've been in Philly for – this is my 13th season. I remember the first home game back after 2017 year when we won the Super Bowl, getting booed that first home game. I mean, this – the Philadelphia fans and media are not going to sugarcoat anything. They're going to tell you how they how you feel. If you're not performing well, if you're not doing things up to the standard that we all hold ourselves to, you're going to be uh, let known of that uh, very vibrantly. So, you know, it's it's a diehard blue collar sports town that uh, that demands. Uh, excellence and perfection from its sports teams. It demands hard work. It demands energy. It demands a certain mentality. And, um, you know, the expectations are whatever. I, I, I try to avoid that. You know, Nick preaches that, you know, we're climbing a mountain. We're starting at the bottom of it. Every day you got to earn it. Every practice you got to earn it. You come out. And right now we have not performed up to our expectations through the first two weeks. And obviously not the fans' expectations through the first two weeks. So, you know, it's it's something that we're continually going to try and improve on and get back to playing at the level we know we can play. Uh, we got the horses to do it. We got the guys to do it. In our mind, it's only a matter of time before it starts clicking again the way it, the way it has in the past. Um, I think we got better week one to week two, especially offensively. Uh, so, you know, I, I look forward to getting back in there tomorrow and getting ready for this Monday game. Hey, 13 years in Philly, 13 years in the NFL at a very high level. Like, why? what is it about some teams that just, like, kind of got to refine it? Because we look at your pieces, we're like, all right, everybody's back seemingly, mm -hmm. yeah. so they should just pick up right where they were last year. What do you think about that kind of take, and why is it not like that? Well, well no two-year no year is going to be the same. Defenses have adjusted. All the teams that were playing have made acquisitions, coaching, uh, uh, coaching changes, uh, they've changed their philosophy slightly. They maybe greatly, um, you know, defenses are going to be different this year. Offenses are going to be different. This is the way the league works. It's constantly evolving. There's so many factors that take place that are necessary to go to a Super Bowl uh, or, or win a Super Bowl, right? And like, you got to be healthy. You got to have uh, great players offensively and defensively across the board. You have to have a great quarterback. You have to have uh, coaches that are ahead of the game a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's all these things that are necessary for you to be the best in the world. Um, it's not just any one thing. And, you know, we have all of these pieces. Uh, I firmly believe that, but getting them all gelling the way they were last year at the end of the year, that takes some time and that takes a, a and it's going to continue to be a process throughout the year. Teams that are doing great right now, you know, they're going to have to keep staying on top of it to be where they want to be at the end of the year, just like we got to be uh, to be where we want to be at the end of the year. So I think it's, there's so many different things that need to happen for you to, to reach your full potential as a, as a team and as a unit. And uh, you know, we're, we're, we're starting over at square one. doesn't matter who's coming back. Uh, doesn't matter uh, you know, what coaches are here, what players are here, who's leading the front office. It always starts over. Hey, listening to your press conferences throughout the year last year, 
you sound like this grumpy old man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was odd. Like, these press conferences were, they, they're in the middle. They're, like, intermittently yep. placed through the dock. And at the beginning, yeah. he's just, like, not playing great. They're like, well, we might be. I don't know. <laughs> like, just get. But I think those types of situations are why you are beloved by the city of Philadelphia so much. I don't think I fully comprehended that. I assumed that a human like you would be loved in any city uh, that you play at because you're hardworking, wide, hilarious, wide, drink beers, wide, greatest at your position, wide. So I assume you'd be loved anywhere, but it feels like you and Philadelphia are like a perfect marriage. Obviously, you feel that way. And when did it start being like that? You know, I when I got drafted to Philadelphia, my agent, uh, Jason Bernstein, immediately said, you know, you're going to fit in fucking great here man you're gonna love philadelphia sorry i, I know know if i'm your language is terrible right. right. but that yeah. wasn't you that was him that was burned there, there we go yeah that was, <laughs> that's right yeah, so it wasn't me. this is a verbatim <laughs> yeah what um, do you want we're journalists sorry but you know being from cleveland right being from a steel town pittsburgh onia like being from a uh industrial blue collar area I think there's a lot of similarities from where I come from and what I enjoyed out of the athletes that I rooted for growing up and what I held uh, as to, you know, um, the the qualities and things that um, rang true to me, I think ring true in Philadelphia. I think the, the, thing that, the things that my father instilled in me, hard work, um, aggression, uh, wear your heart on your sleeve, all of these things translate to the city of Philadelphia just like they translate to a lot of these blue collar um, cities that were the backbone of this country for a long time. Isn't it awesome too? Your brother is like a blue collar dude who just so happens to have a ridiculous fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got both. Trav is uh, quite the chameleon, man. He can, uh, he can fit in with any crowd, man. And I think that's why the new Heights podcast is amazing. You know, I, yeah. I think you guys need to keep going and we can't wait to watch you play center for the Philadelphia Eagles for another 10 years. Hell right. yeah. 10 more gigs. <laughs> You're the man. Hey, have a great day. We appreciate you taking some time here. Pat, man, it's been an honor. Anytime you need me, man, I'd, I'd be happy to come on. I appreciate it. Uh, Take care, brother. Hey, this was it. We found a picture, by the way. AQ found us. AQ's at 320 there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh. Yeah, you and AQ play the same position there. I know. Not Dude, anymore. Now I, It's reversed now. <laughs> now now AQ's all skinny up, man. He looks good. What do you weigh, Jason? <laughs> Look at that. What do you weigh? Uh, about 300 right now. I'm heavier than I've been in the past, yeah. As I get older, it gets easier to hold the weight on. But in that picture, I think that was like right end of the Chip Kelly era. I, I was probably 275. I'm not lying. Damn. Like, I might be yeah. 25. <laughs> yeah. AQ was not in the Chip Kelly era. No, he, he was not there. Uh, all right. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. Have a great day, ladies and gentlemen. Future Hall of Famer, GOAT, host the New Heights podcast, and also the subject of the greatest doc I've seen in some time on Prime, Kelsey. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. He swore on our show, but it wasn't him. It was his agent. Exactly. Right. That's Bernstein. what happens to you sometimes, well, too. Yeah, I quote coaches. coaches. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know. What are you going to do? Coaches and agents, they have potty mouth. But at the beginning of the show, I mean, it's very clear to say, hey, that's how adults talk. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking of adults talking, let's go to Kyle Shanahan chit-chatting about Thursday Night Football as a whole. And thank Ooh. you to Jason, by the way. Thank you, Jason. Everything I said about him in there is true. Yes. I genuinely love that dude. Yeah, I love his family. Cool. I appreciate the fact that New Heights Podcast has had the success that it's had because it makes me laugh. Like, yeah, yeah. I watch clips of it. I enjoy it. And I've known them for a long time. Me and Travis have known each other a long time. Jason and I have known each other a while. And uh, seeing what they have done, not only because they're electrifying and blue-collar folks, which I think mm -hmm. we are immediately Good attracted to, there, which yeah. is that type of thing, but, like, greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. 
greatest center of all. Can I say he's the greatest center of all time, AQ? He's in that conversation. Who else would be in there? I mean, there's so many guys AQ from the old days. I mean, you could throw Pouncey in that conversation, right? Like he had a great career. I mean, it's Mike Webster. Uh, Rest in peace. Keep going. Greg, keep going. He always had some guys. Dermot Dawson. Dawson. Dirk? Yeah. You see how I keep using this microphone? Too? Yeah, it's not plugged in. <laughs> Just a gimmick. But, he is, good. He's, but he's in the conversation, for sure. Yeah, there, there's going to be people that are going to argue, I guess, because their favorite center is doing whatever. Yeah. But, like, there's he's the guy, right? He does everything. Power, he can pull better than most people have. He, he can pull better than most tackles, right? That, uh, he's super athletic. He's he's powerful. When you watch him play, I mean, even when he was 275, watch the leg drive in the run game. It's incredible. He's so consistent. And the big thing we talk about is being available. I mean, the guy's always – He's and like, we didn't even talk up. about the tush push at all. 92% yeah, success. That's right, literally over his ass. Right. You know what I mean? That is him having to do it. This year, did you see? They did a little different this year. Yeah. He delayed. Mm-hmm. So last year, the big thing was he's going to get underneath everybody because of how athletic he is. This year, he's letting them try to get under, and then he is just moving them like this. Yep. I was like, oh, that's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's they say probably. this tush push is rugby mm-hmm. and amateur and bush league and everything like that. It's like, actually, it seems like they have a couple different. Mix yeah. it up. They have a couple different ways to go about doing it. There's levels to this shit whenever it comes to that. And that's all because Jason Kelsey, I assume. The reason why they're doing that is because he has the ability to do something better than every other center has ever been able to do in the past. And you He's incredible at that. And that whole group has been incredible. I mean, that, that group's been together for a while. The O-line coach has been there, and the stability there has been incredible. And when you get that wedge, everybody goes towards the center, so you create this just yep. V gap. It's incredible. Flying V. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. Right. We've seen it. Quack, mm-hmm. quack. How good was that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Every time. When they started skating. Yep. Oh, my God. And finding that formation. Conway yeah. leading the break. Oh, Ooh. my God. Passing the puck. Game, please. set, man. Yeah. God. Goal is the shooter. Mm-hmm. What a what a good idea. I know. Genius. Crazy that they could actually get his pads on during that timeout, have him switch out of his gear into the goalie pads. They and then the other team not notice. Exactly. Because no. mm-hmm. those I mean, I don't know the hockey community well enough. It seems like they're a bunch of dipshits. So they couldn't yeah. tell that that was not <laughs> yeah. the right. you know what I mean? In football, that would be like, hey, right. brand new goalie there. Got one. I think we just gotta dump one on net, we're yeah. gonna be good. Hey, the, Wait, that's the shooter. Yeah. yeah. Somebody would have been able to know. The previous but, goalie was a white guy, and now he's now he's black. What the hell's going on? None of the parents in, yeah. in the crowd <laughs> never said anything. Yeah, no. no, they didn't. That's crazy to look back on. Fools. I'm happy the Ducks won. I mean, they're yeah. playing against a bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't even study film. Yes. <laughs> Man, that's unbelievable. I know. Yeah. No one talks about that. How about Bombay? Huh? What a coach. What a coach. Oh, forced dude. into it, too. Yeah. All right. What a, absolute let's, 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 absolute yeah. tactician. He's yeah. a blues bag, though. Yeah, absolutely. He That's why to, he was there. Yeah, I mean, practice. sometimes, sometimes. Oh, they, he wanted to drink a little soon. Sometimes you got to uh, drink a few dragons before you can get to your princess. There you, you know go. I mean? That's right. He had to drink his dragons and demons down so that he would find his actual purpose and calling. And that was coaching a hockey team. Was playing against a bunch of stupid hockey teams. Yeah, yeah. they are so dumb. They didn't notice that. that was how about the Bass Brothers doing? Oh it? man, God, you need them on your team setting the tone. Yeah, right. You need them setting the You've tone. You've been asking that for Sid for years now. Yeah, can we just hire a Bash Brothers for exactly. Sidney Crosby? Just don't want to get too far off topic. <laughs> even though we've gone pretty far here. Sidney yeah. Crosby's delivering season tickets to Pittsburgh Always Penguins does. fans around the city of Pittsburgh. That was cool. That's why the Pittsburgh Penguins are the greatest organization in the entire NHL. Mm. You'd never see the stupid Detroit Red Wings do no, something wouldn't. like that. You know why? Because nobody's buying season tickets. <laughs> oh! That's why. All right, take it easy. Hockey season's coming up, and we're not there yet, okay? Yeah. I actually love Thank this move said. by Sid, though. I have to admit it. I love it. Sid wore his actual jersey, uh-huh. yeah. showed up at old Cuzzy's house. The whole family was there. That's Sidney Crosby. Lady's crying. She's crying. That's, yeah. that's actually him. I go, she got to see on the chest. She's wearing a jersey. Oh, my God. I get live in color here. Handshake. Hi, I'm Sid. I'm Sid. 
I'm sad. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, no. You get a hug? Came in and, no, he came in and had oh, dinner. Oh, the lady Did handshake? Who, the lady? I think she gave her a big hug. hug. That's the most Pittsburgh hill town no of all time. Yeah, that, by the way, that is what Pittsburgh looks like. <laughs> that is the entire city. All over. Is that Squirrel Hill? That could literally be 55 towns. That right there. That's, that's so up. true. It is a beautiful place. Anyways, all right, let's talk about uh, coaches uh, in the NFL. We are obviously former players that chit-chat. Now, not all of us, but most of us, former players that chit-chat. The Thursday night football game has been something that's been discussed from a player safety standpoint for a long time. A lot of players, especially the bigger boys, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, the linebackers, those who are doing hand-to-hand, head-to-head combat every single play, normally take a little bit longer to get recovered after a game on Sunday where there's 70 full speed reps or 65, 80, whatever it is. Normally by like Wednesday, some guys end of the season just getting up out of bed, able to walk because of the soreness in their ligaments and joints and everything like that. So whenever Thursday night football becomes this big focal point, it's like some guys, that's their first day literally being able to walk from the last game. Now we're going to throw them out there in the full speed again. Could set up for some disaster. Yeah, We still feel that way, although a lot of players have gotten on board with this because three-day weekend yep. on the other mm-hmm. side. So it's a little bit of a gift and a curse. Haven't really talked much about how coaches feel about Thursday night football games because the players have kind of always been the conversation. Here's Coach Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers who hosted New York Giants on Thursday night talking about the Thursday schedule for a Thursday night football game. Yes. Um, it, uh, you feel extremely rushed. Um, you know, I saw the players a few hours ago and it was the first time I saw them. I told them it was Wednesday morning and um, by... Our, the end of our first meeting, it was Thursday. That's kind of how we explain it. And tomorrow morning is Friday. Um, but by 10 o'clock, it's the day before the game. Um, so it's weird. Um, we, we're throwing four days into two days. As coach and staff, we throw two days into one day. Um, so it's kind of a uh, lost for words I when I can't swear days. up here. Um, it's, it's a something show. Um, oh, shit. As, oh. as we do it. Oh. But it's about retaining it when it slows down. Like we've got to put them all through it, the players. So we just throw it all at them. We go on and walk through it twice. We go watch it. It's just, and then it'll slow down tonight when they leave, but that's usually about sleeping and catching up. And then tomorrow, kind of when you get to the hotel, it's like, all right, now it's, now it's normal, even though it's not. Uh, but now it's Saturday <laughs> night and slow it down a little bit. I always love Thursdays are night games um, because I think it's important on the day of the game to kind of review your whole week which is the day before, um, on all the stuff that came in, so um, you don't hesitate in the game. I mean, he was talking a lot of shit about that shit show he described there yeah. about Thursday nights. AQ, you were a coach and a player and a big guy. Big guys always hated Thursday night football the most. You're a coach now. Obviously, it sounds like coaches hate Thursday night football. Your thoughts on why Thursday night football games look the way they do? We always talk about, these games are bad. These games are yeah. bad. These yep. games are bad. Well, maybe because there isn't enough time to put in an actual good plan. Is that a real conversation we should be having? Yeah, this it's kind of a two-parted answer. As a player, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, you don't get much work in during the week. Most of it's walkthrough. You're getting your body taken care of. You're getting your body worked on all week. The game plan's as simple as can be. And it, like I said, it's all walkthrough. So like from a from a physical standpoint, it's very easy the whole week up. And then it's the most simplified game plan of the entire year because everything's crammed. He just hit it on the head. Like what he said, everything's like a Wednesday-Thursday split, a Thursday-Friday split, a Friday-Saturday. But what coaches typically do is they start doing this two weeks in advance and you start putting together a simple, hey, what do we do? What's our identity? Hey, let's put together, you know, 
we might have 130 calls on the play sheet normally. Let's let's simplify that down to 75, 80 plays of what we do well, where we don't have to do a bunch of moving parts leading into the week. How about you, D? But your thoughts on uh, plans and schemes for Thursday Night Football? Yeah, schemes are pretty simple. And we, when we played, it was uh, a lot of time there were divisional matchups too. So you were pretty familiar with the other team. Um, like AQ said, simplified game plan, lighter on you physically. And I honestly looked forward to that long weekend, especially oh, yeah. uh-huh. if it was kind of far, far away from your real bye week. You oh, kind of yeah. looked at it um, as like a mini bye. Um, earlier in the season, these are much better. And obviously, we're not banging around like the big guys, but, you know, running around your muscles, that's when you get massages or whatever you get during the week. You obviously got to condense that all down, as you heard Shanahan allude to about 10 times in that little clip. But, um, you know, I feel like this game, it also helps out the team that has more continuity together, more reps together, the offensive linemen, the play callers, the quarterbacks. And um, we got two teams right now who are playing this Thursday who both – that's the situation for both teams. So Great big, second big half for the Giants. They might be back to what they were last year at the second half. The Niners obviously been a buzzsaw. So mm-hmm. I think we're in for a good one on Thursday. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, but you just talked about the continuity and, like, the team with the better. That helps them on, on a Thursday nights. But who does it help as far as simplified game plans? Does that help the offense more or the defense more? Oh, I mean, both. I always, I always talk about it. I believe this wholeheartedly. Good players make good coaches. Because, like, the best players, the best quarterbacks we know, they have some of the most simplified game plans and things that they did for 10, 15, 20 years. So if you could just execute at a high level and these guys, Purdy's going to know where those defensive bodies are going to be, what he's going to get. So um, it depends on the players. And the same thing for defense. If you got, you know, smart guys over there that can adjust and know what they're getting and see what the flavor of the week is. Because like AQ said, if you're going from 130 to 75, that's much easier for Fred Warner to have a beat on, you know, what's oh. coming. So, hmm. um yeah, but, I mean, in my eyes, if everybody knows what they're doing, that's better than anything else. You're going to get you know? a good yes. product. Yeah, if, if yeah. everybody knows, right. if, if we're all wrong, we're all right. Mm-hmm. But if we're all right, that's much better. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's uh-huh. like, uh, I think Thursday night there's a lot more of that because everybody's kind of dialed in. You can see the coaches that have, you know, are doing their first Thursday night, I think. I think you can see in plans, schemes, mm-hmm. ideas, what their teams do. Dayball talked about Thursday Night Football and said, hey, one of our main guys, especially a guy we brought back this offseason, might be back on Thursday. Here's Whoa. Coach Brian Dayball, who's staying out in Arizona for their West Coast trip on Thursday to the Niners after playing against the Cardinals. They're staying out there yeah. all week. Nice little uh, nice little team bonding. Yeah, uh, hang on. bonding. Here's so Coach Dayball talking about Saquon Barkley's ankle. You, uh, I won't count on that, Dan. Not just yet. Okay, I mean, safe to say be out on Thursday night. Uh, I'm not saying that he's out yet. He's he's a quick healer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's in. He's out. We're going to take it all the way up with him uh, to to Thursday. But he feels a lot better today. Um, I just I just talked to him, so we'll see we'll see where we're at. Okay, Ty, when you hear that, oh. what are you hearing? Uh, I don't think he's going to play. I don't, oh! know, I don't know why <laughs> yeah. you would play Saquon this early if he's a little bit banged up, especially if you're playing the Niners, you know, a pr- pretty good defensive line. But we'll see. I mean, you know, they, we they, we heard about, you know, Russell Wilson having Wolverine blood. These guys in the NFL it typically, does. you know, they're they're super, they're superhumans. You know, they're not like, yeah, they're they're superhumans. Okay, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, All of them? Well. Yeah, most. You because know. here's Coach LaFleur, okay, <laughs> oh, no. talking about David Bakhtiari's yeah, uh, knee in his absence from the Atlanta Falcons game. The first question was basically like, hey, did David Bakhtiari not play in Atlanta because it was AstroTurf? And if he was playing somewhere else, would he have played? Here's Coach LaFleur, coach of the Green Bay Packers, talking about Bakhtiari's knee. Well, his knee is injured. 
and there was swelling. So, if that game's played at Lambeau Field, is he able to play or not? I don't believe so. Just to yep. clarify, is this a... I'm not talking about it. That's it. That's, just to clarify, I'm done talking about it. <laughs> okay, so huh. just to clarify, I'm done talking about it. Okay, his knee was swollen. It was hurt. If it was played somewhere else, I don't think so. I mean, what are we... He is done with it. He's got a lot to deal with, obviously. Mm -hmm. They lose a game down there to an Atlanta Falcons team that might be a lot better than anybody imagines, although it sounds like Green Bay Packers fans don't necessarily think that the Falcons are that good. Let's We should maybe get a win there. No Bakhtiari. Is this going to be the same old song and dance from the years past? LaFleur's echoing the sentiments of all a lot of Packers fans, it sounds like there. Yeah, I think so. That also makes me feel like there's something else going on here because, I mean, he's getting Whoa. pretty testy about that that early i mean yeah. I, just to clarify yeah, he said yeah exactly just to clarify i'm done talking about this okay we're not going to mention this again but now like th i mean we're in week two already like if if bakhtiari okay so if he plays this week that's great but then if the same thing happens in week four like this is just going to be a recurring storyline for the entire season so i hope he gets comfortable talking about it because i think he's going to be talking about it quite a bit their team's much better whenever he's playing yeah. no bakhtiari is obviously a big deal for them now they lose <clears throat> there should have won agreed yeah how about Atlanta, by the way, winning a game that last year they definitely would have lost? Well, and that's what everyone talks yeah. about. Is like, hey, this is a team that can't win if they're behind. Like, they need to control the pace of play. They need to be ahead because they're just going to run it down your throat. Like, they were down by two possessions going into the fourth quarter and just clinically went down the field and did what they had to do to win. Yeah, and the Packers, what are we going to end up at? Are we going to be good? I still I still think so because I think Love played well. I mean, it's kind of the same old song and dance, you know, with their defensive coordinator who a lot of people have been calling for his head since he got there. You know, should he have got it in the first place? You know, he never really had a good defense ever in the NFL. Mm. Maybe a kind of an old boys club type of deal where, oh! you know, good, good buddies I, with the guy. I, I, but it's the same oh. thing as always. It's like, hey, can this team stop the run? You know, and then they look good early, and then boom, in the fourth quarter, it's like, okay, no, they can't stop the run. What, Tone? I, I don't think that's true, because I saw him on a graphic of of coaches that it was like the best coaching tree possible. It was head coach Brandon Daly, it was offensive coordinator Matt Canada, and it was defense coordinator Joe Barry. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the same coaching tree there? That's that's That was like the most ideal coaching staff in the NFL, I think, was the, the chart that it said. Uh, okay. Fans nice. love. Fans love those particular guys. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's go away from the defense. Let's go to the offense. What have you seen out of Coach LaFleur's offense now that Jordan Love, we all assume, is running the system, how the system's supposed to be playing? Not calling him a system quarterback, but the only offense that he has known since coming into the NFL is LaFleur's offense, which is kind of a system mm -hmm. offense, which is much of the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to want to do his thing. He has seen a lot. He knows a lot. Feels like he can get the offense into the right situation. Probably a lot more check with me as audibles. Let's change this thing. Jordan Love was supposed to be how LaFleur's offense was supposed to be run, how he envisioned it full and through. How do you feel they're doing right now thus far, just a couple weeks into the uh, season? I like what they do when they have their guys. Like, I think the first half of the first game, it looked pretty good, right? And I think Jordan Love has played well. But when you don't, when you go into a game and you don't have your left tackle, you don't have Aaron Jones, who's an absolute difference maker. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Watson. Christian Watson. Christian Watson. And then you also have to shuffle some guys when Jenkins gets hurt, right? Like, it puts you in such a predicament that not many people can understand. As a quarterback, you want to feel comfortable back there. As a first-year starting quarterback, you want to feel extra comfortable. And when you have your two best linemen not on the field, plus your star electric running back that makes the whole thing run smoothly, 
it's tough. Have you seen much of the Green Bay Packers offense? Have you broke it down? What are your I, thoughts? I, I like Love. I like him a we lot. We like Love, Especially yeah. in the, in the okay. rear He take Just like Aaron Rodgers did, he takes care of the football. Um, first two games, three touchdowns, no picks. I yep. think he's like the fourth quarterback in history. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Mahomes. Patrick yeah. Mahomes yeah. are the only others Pretty to do good. that in the good first Tom two games. Yeah. Impressive. To do that. So he, he's doing all the right things. But like you said, you want to be balanced. You got to have your best players, your highest paid players in there playing when you can. You can see, obviously, you know, coaches get, you know, get pissed off when it's not a consistent, like, a, a, a thing about when injury. You saw it with um, the Dolphins and Byron Jones, but when it's, a, when it's not a clear cut, hey, this guy's going to be out for X amount of time. When he's back, he's back. When he's kind of in and out of the lineup, that really pisses the coaches off. I'm sure the medical staff and the coaches have some friction there, too, when you're not figured out when it's a star player like yes. that. So they kind of figure that out, especially with a young quarterback. But I love what I'm seeing from uh, Jordan Love. And there was a lot of questions with LaFleur coming into this year, too, without yeah. Rodgers being under center. Would it look the same? Uh, and so far it is. A lot of ex-NFL coaches and ex-front office people go, oh, LaFleur, real good, huh? Mm. Uh, okay. Okay. It would be real nice to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback and have him throw zero picks pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Take care of the ball completely and do that. We'll see how he does without Aaron. Thus far, Jordan Love has looked. The development of Jordan Love, yeah. right? We can say behind the scenes coaching mm-hmm. has done very well. On the field, three touchdowns. Yep. It feels like the coaching's doing well. Yep. I'm excited to see if they have success or not. This is going to be, and I've said this before, whenever we weren't on ESPN, just on the internet, and obviously it garnered a lot of uh, headlines because I think the way I said it, but like Gutekunst's entire legacy is going to be judged on how this team does. Yes. It was his decision to get Aaron the hell out of there. It was his draft pick, Jordan Love. Uh, LaFleur, his son, everybody on this team is his eyes. This is how he is going to be judged. Not from the NFC championships with Aaron Rodgers there and the MVPs when Aaron Rodgers is there. It's like this is how people are going to view Guntekutz. Thus far, you know, get a win, get a loss. Yep. Jordan Love looks good. Mm-hmm. How will it maintain? We shall see. I think all eyes are kind of eager to see how it plays out. Yeah, I think if you're a Packers fan, Jordan Love so far has exceeded everyone's expectations. I think the most frustrating thing is I saw a lot of people saying – on Sunday, they were kind of giving him shit because the Packers got the ball back with 52 seconds and he didn't do anything. Like, had and a lot of people are saying, "Hey, Rogers in that position, like the Packers win that game 100 out of 100 times." But well, you know, in Rogers. in his defense, in the fourth quarter, like Lafleur got so conservative and didn't really give Love an opportunity. Like he was playing so well, and then in the fourth quarter, two possessions, they they run it three times, punt, run it three times, punt. Like he didn't even get an opportunity to really win that game. And then it's like. Hey, 52 seconds left. We need you here. We need you to go 80 <laughs> yards and score a touchdown and win yeah. this for us. Yeah. And it didn't happen. No, the flip side, Artie Smith, he he was aggressive. It was a he, point where he oh, yeah. kicked the field goal very, very and aggressive. took the one-point lead, went for it on fourth. A couple times. Twice. Yeah. 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 He Twice. pulled his nuts out that whole oh, yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, there's a reason. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember, he said he got that mustache and testosterone levels automatically go mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Lifestyle. You don't think he's rolling a little bit more dice whenever he's oh, got a little yeah. higher T? Yeah. Very I believe Artie Smith, RT Smith, he's rolling the dice down there on a regular basis. We enjoy him. We also think, I think Artie Smith will be joining us once a week. Oh, oh really? I think so. It's kind of getting worked out right now. Okay. I do believe coach, uh, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Artie Smith, will be joining us once a week for like a drive five. Ooh, oh, okay. Because okay. no, yeah, no, he's like very dry. Yes. Ar- Artie's very, way. Very yeah. dry. One of the funniest people in the NFL. But if you don't understand dry you know, humor, mm-hmm. it's like this guy sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this guy, and it's like, well, you just gotta listen, you see, to what he's he's burying something right uh-huh. in there somewhere. I think we're gonna be chatting with him once a week, which we are incredibly honored about. But the Falcons might be a team. 
I love them. I mean, Bijan is electric. I yeah. think everybody questioned that pick because they already he had two really so good running good. backs. And the way he moves is incredible. He, I mean, he's got that. Hey, oh, yeah. oh, man. Hey. Hey. Three in a row. In the same play. He yeah. got him set of people up. He would have been yeah. it would have been like in conversation for like number one, number two pick, like draft like, you know, twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah. Before running back started to kind of lose their value. He he's that special. I will say this. Running backs have lost their value if you're not right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey's still getting paid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Christian McCaffrey's still getting paid. Bijan Robinson, if he keeps playing like oh. this and remains playing like this, Bijan, it's not like a running back market no. issue. I think he will He'll be viewed as a weapon as yeah, opposed to right. a running back. And I think that's how everybody's going to talk about it. But his, hey, oh, filthy. He's so good. Yeah. So much fun to watch. They got a great one. Nardi Smith is the right coach, mm-hmm. offensive play caller, to have a guy like him. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Joining us now live from an attic in Ohio is a man who's the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a Super Bowl champion, college football national champion, a COVID survivor, mm-hmm. man who they said drank his own urine yeah. so that he would be able to remain healthy to play for 12 years? I believe so, yeah. Wow. 11? In the NFL. 13? Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Thank you for doing that, A.J. Thank you for donning your urine to show up every single week for your teammates, mm-hmm. your team, and the fans. Hey, it's a sacrifice I was willing to make for you guys, Pat. 11 years, not 12 as well. Okay. I'm sure well, it's 12, but you don't count one yeah, probably. No, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely, it's, yeah. It's 12. Falcons make it 11, and I'd not, yeah. Yep. Drinking urine all the time. <laughs> Have you tried it yet? Have you? Because I remember there was a time we are talking about Body not. Guru. And I, mm-hmm. no. The Body Guru almost had you doing it there, I think, for a second. Yeah. Right? You had to mix another thing in there, too. Yeah, yeah there's an added ingredient of love. You know, uh-huh. an added ingredient of love. Oh, I'm not mixing anything. No, if, if you're going to try it, you got to try it full go. You can't add anything in there. Well, no, yeah, well, cream in a coffee. I don't do that. Well, there, it's well the that's the thing. They said put the cream into the urine. Yep. Yeah, I don't yep. want I don't want any of that. That'll, that'll just float around the urine and everything. You don't want any of that. What no, yeah, it, it adds texture, but we're not talking about oat milk or almond milk no. or cream. We're talking about another cream that you you were there yeah. we talked to the body girl what are you playing stupid for the yes. guy told us Come on. Guy literally told us. hey people do crazy things to get back on the field they really do 
I didn't, but. Oh, wow. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, happy to clarify that. This feels like a Jason Kelsey talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey situation <laughs> where he's potentially trolling everybody. But there's some big stuff coming out of Chicago, AJ, and I want to dive into it. I guess there was press conferences this morning from the coaches, and there's a man named Dan Weeder who writes up there for the Chicago Tribune. He's also on 670. The score. There it is. Nailed it. Okay. He broke down everything that was chatted about here in a series of tweets that we have screenshotted. My jaw's on the floor right now. Just a head-spinning morning on 1920 football drive. That's where Chicago Bears obviously practice. Oh. Bears left tackle Braxton Jones headed IR with a neck injury. Okay, It is potentially season ending. The Bears would like to keep Darnell right where he is but are having discussions on whether to move him to left tackle. That's right tackle, I assume, A.Q. Shipley. Yes. Not an easy thing to jump from right tackle to left tackle. Rookie, too. Some people have been no. able to do it. Not everybody's been able yeah, to I mean, do it. They, Tristan Wirfs has done it. And Sewell did it last week and I mean, those are two of the freakiest athletes on planet Earth. So, like, let's not assume that everybody can do that. Not a guarantee that Darnell Wright will yeah. be able to do it, even if they do it. The Allen Williams defense coordinator situation continues to get more mysterious with Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Bears, declining to give an update or clarity on any part of it, including whether Williams is still employed oh. as defense coordinator. <laughs> I don't know how he danced around press conference without <laughs> giving that answer, yeah. but I would like to see. So, Eberflus <laughs> called the plays last week. Okay, so is oh. Allen Williams still on the team? Yes, but I'm the one calling plays. No, Allen Williams was not there at all. Okay, so yeah. I would like to see how he danced around yeah. whether or not the guy is still employed by the Chicago Bears while being asked about it by reporters. That's an incredible wow. Roger Goodell level yeah. of maestroing mm -hmm. of the microphone. The only thing they've said was personal problems, and that's all they've said so far. Uh, personal between Eberflus and Williams, or personal mm -hmm. between Williams and his performance, Himself. or Allen Williams. Now, we hope he's okay. We know him. He yeah. coached at the Indianapolis Colts. I know him. He's been around a very long time. I think he's coached at the Vikings. Yeah. I think he's coached at the Colts. I think he's coached at the Panthers. Been around for a while. Yeah, long time. Time in the NFL. Good dude. We get along with him. Apparently, though, it is still up in the air on what's going on with him. And then this last one here, Justin Fields acknowledged that he has been playing too robotic, then bit the pin off the grenade <laughs> and rolled it into the building with his explanation of why he believes it is that way. Coaching. Oh! Wow! Whoa. A lot more on that. Oh. AJ, they're playing the Chiefs, I do believe, coming up here. Nice. And it sounds like the Bears got a lot of internal strife going on. This is all coming out of a press conference from the team in the building from the team with all this drama being created about the team. What are your thoughts on reading that? As we didn't get a chance to listen to the whole press conference, we do apologize. But these quotes are obviously a bit alarming about team chemistry and where they're at in Eberflus' second year. Uh, yeah, I would say so it, on, on multiple fronts, too. It's not just like one position group or one spot in your team. I mean, that, that's the thing. You know, when you lose football games, everybody is combing through everything. Everything's a problem. All the little things got swept under the rug before will all come out, and everyone's going to nitpick at everything. And I don't know, for Zito's Bears, it's not looking that good right now. Yeah, it looks like it's going to only get worse. And remember, last year, they earned – the number one pick in the NFL draft. Yes, yes they, they did. did. Congratulations to them. How'd they do it? Did they win a coin toss? Nope. No, no. no. Mm -mm. Did Texas they win a did they win a track meet? No, nope. no, no. Did they outrun? No, no, no. They lost more than everybody else. Mm -hmm. They sucked more than everybody else. They were the worst football team in the NFL. And the NFL said, you know what? You get the number one overall pick. And they said, before we get too close to the draft, let's go ahead and trade us out of here so people forget that we were maybe the worst. <laughs> yes. Carolina Panthers are the worst team in the NFL. All of a sudden, they're the ones that have the number one overall pick, not us. There was a lot of hype going in the season for the Chicago Bears. A lot of Justin Fields on the MVP run, mm -hmm. said Dan Orlovsky on the Dan Wagon, yep. potentially. Now here we are two weeks in, and it's like, this is coach ain't going to last the rest of the year. Nope. This thing's going to get imploded quickly. Did they clarify the coaching comment at all when he said he's playing robotic because of coaching? I would like to see the follow-up to that. So I guess what we are being told from our uh, our sources, potentially, 
is that with Getsy coming from Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There was a chance that there was a full-on like, hey, this is how we should maybe play, yep. you know, as Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Oh. Is Justin Fields Aaron Rodgers? No. Is anybody Aaron Rodgers? No. Is Aaron Rodgers Justin Fields, though? No. no. So, no. like, I think that is potentially what some people are saying, why he's overthinking, trying to be something he's not. But I think our biggest conversation around Justin Fields is, like, just let the guy run. Yeah. What do we – you know what I mean? Just let the guy run. Why don't we do that? What are you protecting him from? Yeah, like, you're – Everybody needs a gig. Everyone wants to win football games. If him running gives you the best chance to win, then let him run. Let him do it. They're saving him for the future, though. That's what they always say, but it's like... There might said, not be a future. That's yes. the problem. Bingo. And I said this yesterday. It's like, we're scared that he's going to get hurt. Why? Because we think his career is going to be long. Okay? Well, if his career is going to be long, he's going to have to be different and good and great at things. It's like, what makes him great? Oh, he's faster than everybody. It's like, well, why would we? So it's going to be, it's going to look different than it did for Peyton. Yep. It's going to look different than it did for Tom Brady. It's like Roger one of this guy's biggest assets is that he's faster than everybody else on the field. And it seems like they're like scared to do it for whatever reason. Now, we don't know if that's coming from Justin Fields' camp saying yeah, we don't want him running. We want to keep him healthy. We don't know if it's coming from ownership saying mm -hmm. we want him to be healthy. He's the future of the program. If it's polls or that other guy that made the decision uh, to trade a bag of balls yep. for uh, for uh, old buddy to get drafted. Who did they – who would you guys trade away? Roquan? No. No, during the draft. They traded right. back with yeah. the Eagles. Yeah. For Eagles the Eagles to get Carter. Uh, Carter. Yeah. And they got Darnell Wright, that tackle. And they thought they were going to get Carter. Yes. Correct. So they trade. They swap places with the Eagles on draft night. And it's not Poles handling the call. It's this assistant GM. Yeah. From yeah. Philly. From Philadelphia <laughs> handling the call. And he's like rocking back and forth. And he goes, for a fourth. And uh, they're like, good. And Eberflus is like, yeah, how you doing? That's good. For a fourth-round pick, we'll swap. And then they hang up the phone, and they're like, all right, we got Carter. And then Eagle's like, we'll take Carter. <laughs> we got Carter. Yeah, we, we will take Carter. And all of a sudden, you're just kind of sitting on your hands. It's like the GM didn't even do that conversation. It was the assistant GM who potentially missed out on Carter. Add that to the number of things that is coming out of the Bears camp. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is so incredibly dysfunctional. Man. How do we even – how do we even – if you win, all this isn't talked about. Yep. None of this is talked about if you win. Even if you're running a terrible organization somehow, mm -hmm. if there's so many flaws, winning cures everything. But if you lose and it looks bad, boy, they're going to find all of this stuff, D-Bud. Like, like AJ said, that's when everything else matters more. You even saw with Russ. You know, as soon as he start not playing well, start losing, everything else started getting blown out of proportion. But, I mean, and winning, obviously, in this league, it comes down to getting the most out of your quarterback. And they're not doing that at all. Obviously, the others surrounding the BS around the facility is one thing, but – when your quarterback is up there, I mean, kind of throwing a guy in the bus. A bit. You know? Well, and, and hold we, on. We, we, we talked to Dan yesterday, too, about Luke Gexy. Hold on. Zito said the video is vastly different than just the quote. There. Uh, okay. Vito okay. said, now Vito's a Chicago Bears fan, right. and as I'm talking, Zito's jumping on top of me 100 times here in the last, like, 30 seconds to get to clarification about the Bears because of how much he loves the Bears. Yep. Never does that with any other team except for the Bears. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I appreciate the passion coming out from him after having the worst team in the NFL last year. He's very great. He just listened to the entire Justin Fields thing and said it's vastly different than just him burying his coaches, though. Okay. Here's Justin Fields chit-chatting about himself being too too robotic and why from today's press conference? I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not, not, not playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and you know, oh. play football how I know how to play Better football. Okay, um, that's not, 
that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts. I can't take just, it. It's the worst. Uh, of, you know, <laughs> so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back to it's a game. I um, mean, and, and, and that's it, because that's when, you know, I play my best is when I'm just out there playing free and uh, being myself. So um, I'm going to say kind of just bump all the, you know, the, you know, what I should do, what I, uh, this and that, like pocket stuff, like I'm going to go out there and be me. There we go. Okay, so he said he was just overthinky, you know, less thinky, more yeah. athlete take overy. Yeah. Right? He's what Sirianni said. I don't I didn't hear the coaching things, Maybe, you know. No. Oddly uh edited that particular part out of the video. <laughs> we'll have to follow up with how coaching became the answer. I assume there was an elaborate answer there. Justin Fields didn't sound mad at anybody except for himself there. Yep, right. mm-hmm. sure. Yes. Yeah, they, so the, that's one of those things how quotes can obviously be a little bit different red versus heard. Of course. So maybe the walls aren't all burning down in Chicago. Well, well you know, they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they definitely are. I mean, this looks like a team that's going to have number one overall pick again uh, with Justin Fields, but this is exactly why we talk about the draft the way we do. Like, Fields is in his third year. He's on his second head coach. He's on his second OC. He might be unbelievable, but we'll have no idea because he's part of the worst organization in sports right now. Oh, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. At least, hey, they're playing with the fire in their gut. They're yeah. up 28, yeah. 20 nothing at they're halftime. At least they're playing. Yeah. The Bears are just getting smoked week after week. We lost and, by one touchdown. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, sometimes scores at the end of games are closer. The Patriots lost by a touchdown, too, but they got killed by Miami. There's a different story. Bingo. That's very true. But, you guys did get killed by Miami. And then. How about the old backdoor cover? What was that on Thursday night? Yep. Vikings yeah, exactly. Yeah, Vikings. Philadelphia. Yep. You're right. Score can indicate a little bit different, but I appreciate the fact that Zito is sticking by the Chicago Bears still as we go. Joining us now right. is a man who... Did, so we'll keep an eye on Chicago. Okay. okay. Good luck out there, Chicago. Good luck. Okay. Come on, Bears fans can't be happy about this, though. No. It's terrible. They're no supposed way. to win the division this year. Yes. Come on. This was the year Super it was Bowl. possible, and it's just not seemingly at this stage. A lot of season left, though. A lot of growth available. And ho- who knows? Maybe they'll have Justin Fields running around the field again. That'd be cool. And I mean, that would be very cool. Joining us now is a man who is a three-time defensive player of the year. Wow. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? That's a yeah. lot of times. That is a Three lot time. of times. Five-time first-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, sixth-rounder. That ain't right. What? Sixth overall pick probably is what it was. First-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, crushing it for CBS once out of the two weeks. Right? He didn't go, he didn't go both weeks. Right. One week hot in CBS. Ladies and gentlemen, J.J. Hwai. Yeah. Let's go, Burnley. Uh, I'm going to come on this. I love coming once a week just to get my ego pumped up. This is great. Just read my stats once a week, pump me up, and get me through to the next week. So I combined yours and Jason Kelsey's. So you're <laughs> three-time defense player of the year, Walter Payton man of the year, good human. Obviously, remember what happened with Houston. Yes. Yep. Hey, somebody had to do it. JJ said, okay, I'll be the person that's in the position. I don't need the award for it, but I will raise, what, $50 million? Something like that. Way to go. Five-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, and then obviously the Texans are Cardinals legend. So, And he's going into the Texans uh, ring of all. Oh, yeah. Right. When's yeah. that, next week? Uh, yes, next weekend. Congratulations. How about it? Thank you. Now that you're just a basic-ass J.J. Watt, though, and not in any Hall of Fames or Ring of Honors, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us. How's Burnley doing? Are we good? Are we winning? Are it's we- good. It's good. We had, a, we had a one-to-one draw on Monday. That's a win. There we go. Soccer. News point. We got a point. We got a point. Uh, we got a game on Saturday morning against Man United. So 
be sure to tune into that. It'll be a good one. Where's that? In Burnley or is it in Manchester? It's at Turf Moor. It's in Burnley. It's right. in Burnley, so it'll be a good one. So do they zoom you in on the jumbo? Do you, is there a jumbotron? And do they zoom you in to give a motivational speech beforehand, or how's your presence felt? <laughs> you know, it's fascinating. It's one of the biggest differences that I've noticed in my time watching the Premier League is that the game day atmosphere is so much different than American sport atmosphere. Like the the jumbotrons are much much smaller. And the focus is so much more on on the field. Um, the fans are locked in. It's basically two hours on the dot from kickoff to the time you leave the stadium, and it's just all focus. There's no cheerleaders. There's no real like crazy commercialism. It's very locked in on the field. So you're gonna change that, right? You're a big American coming in, change that. <laughs> or what? oh yeah, I mean, there's one way to ingratiate yourself to the fans over there. It's to just absolutely Americanize everything. So we need to. Uh... The inflatable, yeah, those things. Yeah. Uh, those hang with your face on it. Yeah, you know, welcome. Yeah, yeah, do the. Yeah, we need the big. We need the the Colts mascot like spinning his stomach around. You know, like like mm-hmm. they do, like all those guys, yeah. the Philly fanatic. Yeah. yeah. What, what AJ? AJ? What? what you don't like? We've seen the Colts. The, the Colts, uh, JJ. The Colts mascot has done some terrible things to Evan Foxy back there in the studio. No, that's the air. Blue. Yeah, that's yeah. the air version. That's, AJ. Yeah, you don't understand. Yeah, okay. There's numerous at a Colts game on the field. Yeah, okay. It's well, true. he sucked on obviously. <laughs> Evan well, Foxy. you've done some pretty horrible things to me, AJ, in one week on the show. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. Forgiveness that? is key. How about that? Right. Yeah, TJ. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Second I mean, wine. You're right. Hey, at least it was your brother, I guess. It's a, I think it's, you know, if it's any any Watt brother, I, I take it as a compliment. So, yes, how I come, meant nothing about I agree. It. How come Derek didn't get a J middle name? What happened there? DJ yeah. would be sick. He, he has one. It is DJ. Uh, he didn't like it because of uh, yes. DJ Tanner from yeah. Full House. Um, he was catching a lot of DJ Tanner. What? From Full House. I mean, I don't know. Was the only he was like five years old, and he was like, I'm not, I'm not doing there. it. <laughs> JJ, TJ, I'm Derek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I absolutely love that. All right, let's dive into TJ. Obviously, TJ has a scoop and scored touchdown this past weekend. He's on pace for 34 sacks. What is it about him this year you think that you're seeing that maybe makes him different? Is he better than he's been? Is this the best TJ Watt that we've seen, JJ, in your eyes? Uh, I mean, he does look incredible. Yeah, he's he's very healthy. He's playing extremely well. He had a great offseason training. Uh, and he's got a guy on the other side that's playing incredibly well. He's got Alex Highsmith on the other side who is really able to take advantage when he gets the one-on-ones. He's also able to take some of those double teams off. TJ got doubled and chipped a ton in this game, so it was great to have Alex on the other side be able to take advantage. And obviously this play was a massive, massive play in the game with Highsmith causing the fumble, coming around the edge. Go back to the beginning. Look at his get-off. He clearly had something here where he knew when to get off because he just flew past this tackle. Easy strip sack, and then TJ picking it up, taking it to the house. Uh, I mean, their defense scored – between TJ and Alex, they scored 14 points, and their offense only scored 12 points. Like, when you got two outside linebackers like that, the best duo in the league – um, What's he Pat, doing? It's a little similar, a little similar to something oh. that you've seen before in Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis, like oh. that combo, like one-two punch combo. You're talking about these two guys here, honestly. That's yeah. that's high compliment, and I think you know because I'm the Indianapolis Colts guy, and JJ was in the AFC South, mm-hmm. and at the time, I think Dwight and Robert were talked about in high regards, but history that not really chat about much because Dwight Freeney lives on a golf course mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. Robert Mathis has disappeared completely, yep. so nobody really talks about either of them, but when they were humming, they were our entire strategy on the defensive side of the ball, JJ. 
Yes, they are. At the time, like you said, they were hyped up properly. They were incredible. They were the biggest thing. And as a pass rusher, I loved watching film of these guys. But I feel like history has kind of made them underrated. People have kind of forgotten about how good those two were and what they were able to do. And I believe somehow Dwight Freeney's not even in the Hall of Fame. Yes, that's that true. Blowing. He has not got. I think it's two times he hasn't got voted oh, in. That's crazy. Dwight Freeney. I mean, Dwight Freeney. It's like Dwight Freeney, the spin, the power, everything he's got. And, I mean, you look at the two of them combined right there. It's a perfect play. It looks exactly like TJ and Alex right there. When you have two guys off of each edge that can do this with Dwight powering, Robert around the backside, strip sack, pick it up. Now all you got to do is just get to the end zone. So you get tackled by his own guy? Yeah, well, I think he was falling at the beginning. You know that turf, it's bad. The turf is bad. It's a little one. sticky out there. <laughs> Did 90 wipe out his legs? Oh, oh yeah. He did get schoolboy there a little bit, it feels like. That's 100% on him. Um, yeah, Freeney and Mathis, though, they were the plan. Like, Bill Polian built the team. Okay, what are we going to do? On offense, we're going to get a lead. Okay, yep. So we're going to pay Peyton, we're going to pay Marv, we're going to yep. pay Reggie, we're going to pay Dallas. Uh, Stokely was there for a bit. We're going to pay these guys. We're going to get a lead. And then once we get a lead, they're going to have to pass. So then all of a sudden we got these two guys and then Bob Sanders is just going to terrorize yeah. back here whenever it happens. That was our entire strategy. Pittsburgh with Highsmith and TJ, obviously they just paid Highsmith yep. as well. It feels like that's maybe a smart play. That feels like a good plan, a tried and true one, J.J. Yeah, you just got to start getting some of those leads so that you can let those guys go out oh. there and eat. I mean, really, when you think about it, the way you were just naming out those players, man, those Colts teams, they really were the real deal. I mean, you get Peyton putting a lead up there, you got, and then you let those guys go eat, get after quarterbacks. That That's the dream right there. Oh, so you're saying if Pittsburgh was to maybe score some points oh, on the wow. offensive side, JJ? Is that what you were saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would help. It would help. It, it, as a defensive guy, it does help <laughs> when you can put some points up for it. Yeah. It's a it's an obvious observation. I'm not saying anything here that nobody doesn't know. JJ I mean, Watt. On the board. Remember, he does speak for TJ Watt. That's right. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything he great. says is for TJ. Uh, so uh-huh. he just said the offense needs to score some more points. That's clearly the entire Watts family. Not DJ. No. Not DJ. <laughs> no. The whole family mm-hmm. feels this way. No, it's very yes. obvious observation. You're a football pundit. But it does make your life a lot easier because you can just, right? They're going to have to throw. You know it. It's much more predictable all of a sudden. It's the greatest. When you get into the fourth quarter of a game and the other team uh, is down you know, a score or two and you get to just tee off and you just know that they're passing every down and they have to try and spread it out, that is it's literally what you live for as a pass rusher. It's the greatest. And uh, they do it really well up there in Pittsburgh when they get a chance to. Yeah, when they get a chance to. Sure, sure, sure. Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, AJ. JJ, it was, it was cool watching those clips with, with your brother and Highsmith and obviously Freedy and Mathis. How important is it to have like complimentary rushers on either side? Like One guy, if this guy's bowling, this guy's going to be speed rushing and vice versa if you're doing it the other way. I think a lot of times people don't, when they watch the game, they don't see all the games going on, especially out there on the edge between those two guys. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. I mean, especially if you have a mobile quarterback who can get out of the pocket, uh, to be able to complement each other. Uh, and I think a lost part of that as well is the guys up the middle pushing. Uh, if you don't have that middle push, the big D tackles getting pressure up the gut, edge rushers, it's very easy for them to either get run by up high or for the quarterback to step up in the pocket because he has that type of space. So when you get that push up the gut, it really allows those edge rushers to do what they want. Um, I mean, you look at 
a team right now like the Dallas Cowboys doing it so well with Micah and the Marcus Lawrence and what they're doing. I mean, they're they're playing incredible ball. I think you also, you know, the Browns do it well with Darius Smith and with Miles Garrett. But I mean, Micah, that that tech stunt that Micah did and got his sack on in the Jets game was a perfect example of it. Okay, so I think we have the film for it. We'll get to that in a second. Like, uh, we talked to Micah yesterday about them having so much depth at the D-line where he's actually out someplace, like on the sideline, you know, and he's obviously saying, whatever the coach needs me to do, I'm going to do. I'm saying, okay, so you're good with it. He goes, I'm not good with it. Yeah. Let's not, <laughs> I, I'm not good with it. But is that something that you should think about if you're an explosive edge, like long season here, right? We got, is that, normally it's thought about with wide receivers, quarterbacks, other positions, but defensive ends, 17 games, long season, a lot of things can happen in every single play. Is that even a thought you think for Mike and the Cowboys or? Or is it just their depth? Um, I mean, it's definitely something I probably should have thought about at some point in my career. Uh, it's probably going to help him out. I mean, it is a long season. And the way that he plays, he is 100% effort every single play of every single game. And he's incredible. And so, I mean, you do put in that type of effort. Taking a playoff here and there and getting a breather does help. But I also know that mentality. I mean, he talked about it on your show. He has that lion mentality. He wants to go out there and he wants to just kill everybody. And I think that's the best. That's that. That's why he's so good is because of his relentless effort, because of the energy, because of he never stops going. Uh, he's he's an unbelievable player. And on top of all of that, he has the athleticism and he has the freak ability to move and to bend and to turn corners. Um, he's a special player, man. He's a psychopath. Let's get to the – he's mm-hmm. actual psycho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he was talking yep. about how closer to the game he becomes – you are the same way. You get on the field, you become – yeah, but I mean, when he was talking about that and his eyes and the yeah. way that he was like, yeah, it was that was pretty cool to watch. I love that conversation. I was on these young guys, though. I'm growling out. Yeah, yeah. Deal. <laughs> room. I think he was making his eyes go a different direction, man. It was, it was, I did. I'll screw you up as a rookie. Yeah, I, I would assume. Like, wow, this men's league's wild. You should see this guy. He's really good at, on the field, but the things he has to do to get to that point. This guy's got both eyes going sideways. I don't know which one I'm talking to. Then I'm talking to Mike. I thought, no, I'm talking to an actual lion. He started growling at me. Yeah. This guy started actually growling at people. I thought somebody was walking back in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe two people were walking yeah. back. Yeah. And he was tracking them with both eyes as if he was a jungle cat. But let's talk about him on the field. Yeah. He is so fast and explosive. I believe this is the play that you were referring to. He starts way out there. I mean, he's way yeah. out there. Way out. Yeah, he's way. He's got plenty of distance out there, which is going to force that offensive tackle to kick out to him a little bit and make him create more space for these guys inside, which obviously helps create everything that they're trying to set up here. Uh, and you have to be crazy fast to be able to line up that wide. So the tackle has to kick. Now he just comes underneath, wraps behind both guys, and has a 100% free <laughs> shot at the quarterback. I mean, that is the dream. When you can wrap underneath and you have a free shot on the quarterback like that, and then – the lion crawled to finish it off. I mean, that celebration is phenomenal. Better than keep yours? That one going. Better than your celebration? What was yours? What was the one you did? You? I liked it. I started out with the salute, and then I switched a, a little bit to some – I just kind of mixed it up near the end. But this reminds me a little bit of Brian Dawkins coming out of the yeah. tunnel oh, from the Eagles. Remember that back in the day? Oh, one of the yeah. best entrances of all time. Yes. It's another and then we got this one. This is just pure effort, athleticism. Comes underneath. Guys kind of got him around the waist, but he's not going to give up. He's going to just – I mean, the effort is just incredible. And when you combine it with the, the athleticism, going for the ball, you can see him going for the ball on this play. He's trying to get the ball out. And then we see him later in the game actually get the ball out when he strips it. 
for that play. So guy's incredible. He's an unbelievable player, and Dallas is certainly lucky to have him. JJ, he's just wreaking havoc in that dang quick. JJ, how happy is he that this is happening out here? I mean, look, just <laughs> how happy are you about that? You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's pretty incredible, and that's 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 one of those where as a as a pass rusher or as a fan, you're kind of looking at it like. All right, how how did this happen, guys? Like, how do we not have anybody maybe put the running back on the other side, give us a chip? Uh, AQ, I've always kind of wondered this because I know some game plans coaches will literally say every single time we are putting a double on a certain player. But then there's also some where they're either just trusting their own line or there's checks where they cannot physically put a double on a guy. How does it work, like, in a play like this? Like, why is he one-on-one? Do they just believe in the tackle that much? I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, Bruce Arians was real big. Like, 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I was playing for him, he was like, hey, listen, we chip Javon Curse every time, and he's still got four sacks. I'm not not going to get my running back out and keep him in in protection, and then we're just – we can't get anything yeah. going, right? And so whenever we started playing Aaron Donald in the division, we just started literally just calling the protection 99, wherever he was. Forget the mic. We're going there. Back. You got everybody else, Right. This is one of those things where Micah has become that guy. He's become that guy. This is where you have to slide to him. It's one of them things, whether you put a back or a tight end right there to chip, or, hey, Can't that wide receiver that's right there chip him? You could. I mean, he's right there, right? Just bring him in, right? Those are the worst chips, too, man, because that one's from way out there, so you're kind of like, I don't think that guy's going to chip me. So you take a regular get-off, and if he chips you, he can look like the strongest man in the world because you'll be flat on your ass. Just right there on your hip, right? We're getting hip and shoulder pad, and you're done. I think TJ was lined up out by a wide receiver a couple times this past weekend, and I'm like, is that wide receiver going to give a little bit of a shot to TJ? I assume they're taught that. They they, they drop him back more than I I like. To be honest. <laughs> Who, TJ? Yeah, they put him in, in they drop he should be getting after the quarterback every single play. Yeah, but let's talk about he's on track for thirty four sacks. Yeah. Yep. Let's drop him. Yeah. <laughs> put him at corner. Who who does the money go to in that? I guess TJ gets to pick whatever charity. Charity organization. His favorite charity? Yeah. Five hundred thousand. I mean, oh, what's I, I doing? I wonder money. what his favorite charity is. Oh, Burnley FC. You tell me. Is that a charity case? <laughs> that, I yeah, wonder if it, I mean, if only like a family member or a brother or something had a charity that helped middle school kids across the country. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for 34 sacks. Let's do this. Okay, so I didn't, You think TJ is going to pick your charity or Derek's? It sounds like. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, man, it would kind of hurt. Be kicking the nuts if he didn't. <laughs> That would be awesome. We're going to learn a lot about DJ and JJ's relationship here uh, if he continues to go. Yeah, we are. What will hold him back? What will hold him back? Just injury, I guess, right? And I assume that's not something he can predict, or is there an active way to kind of fend that off? I mean, I, I really do. Like, the, the Browns had a good game plan. If you actually sit there and you watch the film, they put a tight end on him. They put Joku out there a lot of the game to double-team him. They had little bunch sets that make him line up in different positions that are tough. Um, so it's it's putting all that – capital to him it's that's when it's hard and that's why like we talk about not getting those leads yeah like right here so he has Njoku in there at the tight end and he's got a receiver out there so now he's got to decide where am I going to line up do I want to get wide and hope that these guys release and don't block me so I have a better run do I want to line up inside it's a really tough spot as a defensive lineman to figure out where to line up when teams are going to do this to you um, well, and I and assume we, this we guy's talk- scared to death that he's going to yeah. jam. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jam to hell. 
it's a funny thing, man, because you want to just run right through his face, but it also is going to slow you down. And so you're just trying to find the best possible angle. So here the tight end is going to basically stay in and block him, and the tackle is also going to help. So he's got to run that big hoop. But it doesn't matter because that's what Alex Highsmith on the other side does. That's a, back to AJ's original point. That's the advantage that you have having a dominant guy on the other side. I think when teams it, are going to don't give all that capital to you, the other guy has to win. I think uh, another team that you wanted to chat about was a surprise, uh, not only to me, but also to Gumpy. And Gumpy's excited to hear about it because the conversation down in South Beach, JJ, is mm-hmm. all about how the offense is a track meet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, two is putting the ball yep. where it needs to be. McDaniel is drawing up plays mm-hmm. that are able to beat any defense. And Mostert, if you're going to do that, he's going to take it to the crib. Nobody's talking about the defense side of the ball. The only thing we chatted about was Christian Wilkins holding in, not getting a deal, yep. and saying, okay, guys. <laughs> I guess I'll play. I just missed all training camp, which is awesome. What you've seen, though, from them is something that you said we need to spotlight a little bit, JJ. Yeah, I think the Dolphins' D-line is underrated. I think their offense, rightfully so, gets a ton of the credit. But I love watching the Dolphins' D-line, the way they fly around. Obviously, Fangio down there has that defense playing well. But you've got Wilkins, you've got Phillips, you've got Chubb. But when Phillips is out, who fills in? Wisconsin Badger, Van Ginkle. Here he is coming off with the long hair dedication to A.J. Hawk, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flying, sure. Off, flying off the edge, getting chipped. Look at this. A, a chip from the tight end, which sucks. We just talked about it. Now you're around mm, the tackle, cool. just destroying around the edge and making plays. That's a defensive line. Van Ginkle's not even their starter. He's a backup, but coming in and playing that good when Phillips is out. I think between Phillips, between Chubb, between Wilkins, that defensive line deserves a lot of credit down there in South Beach. Gumpy, how do you feel about it, pal? We're not just talking about the offense down there being good. We're talking about the defense, the most important part of the defense, D-line being some game wreckers, Gump. Davinke is an absolute dog, <laughs> and uh, that was the best game Bradley Chubb has played in a Dolphins uniform by far on nice. Sunday night. Here's the yeah, zoom. those guys were playing good, and they put, they put Mac Jones in some tough spots. Yeah, uh, they did. <laughs> so, look at that, man. Mm. Going for the elbow. Yes, you hear that? It was like uh, yeah. there was a climax to the story. Proud there. father. It was. It really was. It's the best, man. When you when you break that corner and you have that shot and you see the ball still in his hand, it is just the greatest feeling. Oh, close! So close! Glorious. Nice block, Calvin. <laughs> well, what do you want him to do? He's gonna, does the so whenever you get chipped, does that because he almost pushed him away from the tackle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, does that does that do you ever see any benefit from that ever? Like, uh, so I actually got a sack early in my career against the Steelers where I got chipped and the chipper chipped me inside past the tackle. So the tackle is setting out on me. The chipper chipped me and actually knocked me inside to the B gap, and I got up and got a sack on Big Ben. Uh, It was kind of one of those roller coaster of emotions moments where I was like, "Son of a bitch!" I just got chipped, and then I was like, "Oh, oh, 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 all right, here we go." And, uh, yeah, so I enjoy that very much. Yeah, so maybe it's a little bit of a gift and a curse. Mm. And we, we did some research on the uh, chip on this program. Yes, we did. When was the chip founded, uh, Connor? Uh, funny enough, I believe the chip was founded in the year 2002. Uh, it was Bill Belichick game planning for Dwight Freeney, and he said, you know, mm. we can't block Dwight Freeney one-on-one. We're going to have to bring in somebody and invent this chip block as they did. Still not in the Hall of Fame. Wait, 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 wait. Not Dante. 2002? Yep. The chip block was invented. Go, look it up. Journalism, bro. We're Reddit doing it right now. Book. In your face. We're Nobody doing- in the history of football <laughs> ever chipped before 2002. Never. Not once. I Sorry. Thought- That's what the book says. Sorry. Sorry. Argue with the book. 
<laughs> I got to watch some film. I need to get out yeah, some film. Sounds like you do. <laughs> Dwight Freeman still not in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Potentially had something Stupid. created to stop him. Not in the Hall of Fame. That needs to be fixed. Go ahead, AJ. JJ, I'm curious. What did you uh, What did you hate that O-Lyman would do when they would try to block? Other than being double teamed time after time, like it was a short set, whatever it may be. I know a lot of pass rushers have things that they do they dislike. And also, just to give you a heads up, I don't know if you know, but your, our, our guy uh, Dennis Gardak got another sack, so he's up to three on the year for the Arizona Cardinals. Whoa! Dennis. Yes, yes. Our guy Dennis the Menace is absolutely wreaking havoc down here. Um, what I hated. I really, really hate it, and I still hate this. I think when they do the uh, – they pull your arms down or they, like, pull the front of your jersey down and kind of almost like a uh, Mighty Ducks, you know, the fight scene where they pull the jersey over the head. Oh, yeah. Boom. You go for well, you go in for a bull rush stick. and they pull you down. That is just – it sucks. And I would do it if I was them because it's effective and it works and they don't call it holding. But to me, like, it's just such a, like – uh-oh. Oh, that's your move, man. Like, yeah. that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Here's a guy that loved to do I, it. AQ Shipley has a question for you. JJ, so you spent, obviously, a lot of your time more inside. You did the five technique, three technique. You were outside. You kind of were all over the place. TJ spends most of his time outside. I saw a clip this last week where he kind of did the Miles Garrett. He walked around, came up over the center, actually made the play on a run play. But can you talk about – going from outside to inside and kind of how much different the game is versus on the edge versus inside? Yeah, it's very, very different. Um, tackles set much different than guards. They also are different body types and skill sets generally. Um, guards are going to get on you much quicker uh, because there's shorter space, shorter windows, so they're going to get on you much quicker. But you are generally going to have an ability to use some of that athleticism a little bit more inside. Out on the edge, tackles, obviously, there's more space. There's a lot more stuff to do. Um, so you, you have different options out there on the edge. I, I personally love moving around a lot because not only does it give me a chance to go on different guys, but it also keeps the offense guessing of where I'm going to be. And to your point, that is a little bit different with TJ where he is on the left edge majority of the time. Um, and that's where he's comfortable and that's where he's best. So they don't switch it up there, but it does also give the offense a chance to kind of know where you're going to be at all times. Do you think he's breaking that record this year, TJ? I mean, the way he's playing right now, man, he, he's, he's on a different level. I mean, he's been on a different level for a long time, but he's, he's playing lights out right now. I really think he's got a shot to do it. The Pittsburgh Steelers texted us and said that, uh, the JJ Watt foundation is probably not going to be the foundation. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm just like, you know Oops. that? What did I say? The Steelers person texted us and said, uh, don't think that's the one. It's already <laughs> been decided. Already been decided. Uh, well, I got a phone call to make in about 10 minutes. Like, oh, you hate the Pittsburgh Children's Hospital? Whoa. 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 Hey, thanks for coming on the show, JJ. Nice okay. job, JJ. Oh, I'm from Please. Pittsburgh. Those kids are my family. Okay, you hate them. Oh, all right. Yeah, sweet. Uh, Walked into that. <laughs> uh, you, speaking of walking into something, you said, hey, I understand I talk about defense a lot, but there's a guy who's playing offensive football that I would like to give a little bit of a hat tip to, and that man's Mr. Irrelevant from last season, Brock Purdy. We have a couple clips here of Brock Purdy. What have you seen out of him that makes you want to talk about him, first of all? And also, is he a guy that's going to be able to win a Super Bowl with mm. his Niners team, you think, J.J.? I want to talk about Brock because of what he's able to bring to the 49ers in terms of skill, but also ability to create a team around him. A is obviously you're going to see right here. He's poised in the pocket. He makes incredible throws uh, and he can really handle that Kyle Shanahan offense well. But 
what it means in this league when you have a quarterback who can play at the level Brock's playing at for $870,000 this season, you're allowed to build a team around him that is absolutely dominant, which is what the 49ers have done. They've got Trent Williams. They've got George Kittle. They've got Ayuk. They've got Debo. They've got CMC. they got Fred Warner. they got Greenlaw, which AJ might be able to give some insight on this. I think is possibly probably the best inside linebacker duo in the entire NFL. You got Bosa, you got all these guys. That's all because you have a quarterback that's making 870 grand this year. And that's unbelievable what they built up there. How do you feel about those quarterback contracts? Obviously defensive end and you made your fair share of cash. Mm-hmm. Denny. Oh yeah. Multiple times. We saw that long cabin out there in Wisconsin. Oh, my God. Oh, the kid did good. Yeah. Kid did good. thousand square feet. Yeah, oh my God. I think even more than that. Yeah. And every TV has these LED lights around. Oh, them. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. It is all so cool. Speaker yeah. playing turn down for what at all times? All yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah, you walk in the house. Yeah, boom. Turn down for <laughs> Every step he takes, like in the airport, you know when it lights yep. up. Yeah, it's like it's like avatars, the bottom of the uh, creeks. Yeah, that's right. when you're walking on it, <laughs> yep. and it just lights up. That's what this guy's yeah. log yeah. cabin is. Living in twenty thirty eight. Still a log cabin though. Yeah. Yeah. Still rugged, rough, yeah, of course. Still tough. Now he. You w- act like you're not talking to me from the Thunderdome, yeah. like like this like literal playland that you live in. Yeah, but we got bugs in here. There's a yeah, a lot of office. bugs. Yeah, it is a modest office. <laughs> okay. We only have what we need. That's mm-hmm. right. At this particular Thunderdome, you know what I mean. Heard like, about two sweet additions today. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I'd say we got some stuff going on here <laughs> that's going to be absurd. But we're not talking about Thunderdome salary caps. No, Jeez no. Louise. Okay, JJ. Thank Thanks for trying to divert away from this. We're talking about NFL salary caps. How do you feel about next CBA quarterbacks potentially being put in their own slot so that there's no longer this juggle of feeling obligated to make the quarterback the highest paid quarterback of all time because they've earned it, they deserve it, and they're the most, you know, I think pressure-packed position in all of sports. We all agree with that. But what happens whenever they change what the salary cap is and who makes what and the rookie men and the vet men Basically, quarterback numbers just went through the roof, and then defensive ends, I, I still getting paid. Corners, still get, wide receivers still get paid. But a large majority of the roster here now is suffering from it mightily. Do you think there comes a time where the quarterbacks are in their own in their own world almost, as opposed to everybody else, like a quarterback club, like it was old school with the way the money's getting right now, JJ? You know, it's interesting. We were kind of talking about this uh, just, I mean, amongst friends back during the last CBA conversation. And I was talking to my buddies and I was like, imagine if the quarterbacks just got together and said, we're going to negotiate our own little deal. Because, I mean, the realistic thing in this league is you have to have a quarterback. The quarterbacks are the stars. They're the ones driving the narratives. They're the ones driving the success. I mean, that's it's just a fact. I mean, you can't argue the quarterback's the most important position in the league. So if they truly did want to do you know, their own little thing, I mean, you also can't really argue with the fact that that is – that is the most important position yes. in the league. So I, I, I could see a, I could see a day where that was the case because it also does affect the salary cap in so many ways for teams. Um, but then it's also kind of like that fair market system where it's the, the most important person gets paid the most and then you decide who's important after that and how they're going to get paid. Um, but I, I could see a day where that comes just because it makes – easier logistical sense it makes sense for everybody in the quarterback club back in the day was obviously not beloved by the rest of the players it was like uh, marino kelly elway aikman. Favre, Favre, aikman and they had the quarterback club it was actually mm-hmm. video yeah. games and yeah. everything yeah. where they were making their own money and then i assume somebody showed up and was like you're kind of screwing everybody else yeah. <laughs> you're killing us but now we're at a different point 
The money's much different oh, now yeah. Oh, yeah. than it was back then. It feels like we're on the verge of that. And I think the business sense of the guys that are at the top, too, kind of understand how that could all work out. Yeah. And I think a lot of other players would be like, all right, thank God. They're not yeah. in our salary cap anymore, in our salary pool. Mm-hmm. I think it's much- How do you decide? The, the hard part there is how you decide how it works, because obviously there's a handful of top, top-tier guys. Yeah. And then there's obviously other quarterbacks that aren't necessarily in that top tier, but they're, it's just logistically, how do you figure that out? You know, is it just their own, they have their own salary cap system and it's automatic that the bottom quarterback is getting paid this much. I think it'd be a tiered thing. You know, how they put like uh, grades on guys like a third round tender, fourth round tender. I think it would be like a tiered system with that money already figured out. Like what's the next quarterback deal at the elite tier. We'll just say that that's right. what that is. Well, it's 55 million a year. Okay. Well, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. And then the next one's like 60 million a year for the next person, or you can have this 30 million, 25 million. And then if somebody else, well, I think it is, it's just its own world almost, I think. Kind of like max contracts in the NBA. Like if you hit the, if you're yeah. Pro Bowl each year, if you stay with a certain team, you can make a max. If you don't, you have this is your slot. Yeah, we talked about percentages of salary cap for specific positions. Yes. Like, yeah. hey, the max amount you can get is this percentage. Of yes. Risk. I think they're going to do it because there's too much uh, tomfoolery with the salary mm, cap sure. happening right yeah. now by some places. And then teams are end up with nothing. Like, they make rules to save themselves from future decisions all the time. Like, Tom Brady, if he owns a minority share of the Las Vegas Raiders, he's not allowed to work for the Raiders. Did you know this? In like, I mean, obviously you can't play for him, but can't work. What do you mean you can't work for him? Not you can't even do a, anything. Yeah, not even allowed anywhere. to be in the front office. They made that rule after Brady gets the minority share. Brady would not be able to play for a team if he owned a part of a franchise, obviously. Uh, but under new rules, reportedly play, uh, passed after Brady agreed to acquire the Raiders' stake, Brady would not be un- about to be unable to work for the Raiders if he held any team equity. If Raiders owner Mark Davis had been hoping to add Brady to his front office, he can no longer do so. And this is about the front office sports article that said, like, hey, Tom Brady has not been officialized as an owner of the Raiders, and there is no time in the NFL schedule to make that happen. So they're delaying it. So people are saying, Tom Brady wants to play again. But then there's also a thought that maybe Al Day- or Mark Davis had these ideas for him. He's not allowed to do it. And I wonder, why would the NFL do that? And they're like, well, future issues we don't want to deal with. And okay. it's like other teams we don't want to deal with. It's like the quarterback salary cap feels like something that a lot of the owners who aren't benefiting from it right now could potentially project out in the forward and want to change it. Anyways, that's a big time zoomed out conversation about something. I appreciate your take on it, JJ. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, pal. Uh, Staying somewhat along those lines, what about uh, possibly working for in the front office for an NFL team at some point, maybe even running for a political office? I know The Rock said he may run for president. You'd be a good VP candidate, I would imagine. You guys, you two staying together would be pretty intimidating presence, I would imagine. But anything like that on the horizon? DJ and JJ. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, No, I like – the hours, man, like, like same with coaching. Right? I love coaching. <clears throat> I love working with players. I love talking ball. I love helping them improve. I love any way that I can help them, but it's the hours. It's the time commitment. Same with front office with GM work or with anything in the front office. There's so much time commitment. I'm very, very fortunate. I played a game uh, where you got to make a, a whole lot of money to chase a ball around for your whole career. And I'm very, very lucky that I got to do that. And it's now set me up in a position where I can pick and choose what I do moving forward. And for me, 
at least as of right now, I mean, who knows moving forward, but at least as of right now, the thing that I want to pick and choose the most is my family. I have a son. I have a 10-month-old, 10-and-a-half-month-old son. Um, and so I'm very fortunate I can get to come on this show every Wednesday from my house. And I get to now, after I'm done with the call, go hang out with my son. Um, CBS is very fortunate to have let me this fall only work the weekends that I choose. So we're going to do six to eight weekends this fall. Oh, it's breaking. Um, wow. I, okay. I didn't, I didn't want to retire to immediately jump back into all full-time positions. Um, now, when Koa starts running around and talking and maybe driving me crazy, who knows? Maybe, maybe my thoughts on that change. I'm sure parents out there are like, take a full-time job. Man. <laughs> um, but for right now, I want to spend time with him. I'm loving every second of it. How is he? Small guy? He's a large human being, my friend. He's, <laughs> it's like a full blow. You probably know by now, like my back is probably bigger than it was during my playing career just from carrying this kid around. Oh, it's yeah. insane. So whenever we go in with my daughter, it's always like the, she's in the 87th percentile for height. Hell and I'm yeah. like, hell yeah, girl. Okay. I like that. She's in the 78th for weight, 67th for brains or head size. I'm like, all right, brains bigger than everybody else is sweet. She's taller than everybody else. Awesome. Here we go uh how is it has that happened with you with uh Koa? <laughs> so we just did obviously like a month ago we had to do his nine month checkup and they, they just like you said they do his height his weight he's the 97th for height 97th for weight uh they did his head and then they leave and then she comes she knocks on the door she comes back she's like i'm sorry i, I have to measure his head again She's like, I, I just, I need to measure it again. So I'm like, all right, go ahead. I don't care. And so she measures it again and she goes, it was right. I, he has the head size of a 19 month old. <laughs> so proud. Were you so proud there in that moment? Or? Oh, I was, I was very proud. I was very proud. Um, just a gigantic noggin on this kid. <laughs> We've got, we were going to have to make some hats really big for when this kid grows up. Hey, God bless mama for sure. And uh, obviously yeah. Koa is going to be a freak athlete at that size. Can't wait to see which NFL team gets another wide in the building. We're very lucky to have you. We appreciate you back on cbs this weekend no i'm uh this weekend um, um we got burnley man united i'll be watching from here and uh next weekend i'm in houston for the ring of honor and i'm back on cbs the week after that all right well we appreciate you man you're not in any ring of honors right now so to hell with you yeah true. ladies and gentlemen owner of burnley fc is that right yes that's correct I'm I didn't know if that was a dramatic yeah. pause or if that was a pause asking for confirmation. Yeah, I should have done yeah. a little bit more, you know, at the end of that whole thing there, a little good acting. Ladies and gentlemen, J.J. White. Yeah, you want to talk about Brock Purdy. So I would like to talk about yeah, Brock yeah. Purdy. Yeah. This guy ain't getting paid a damn thing. This guy's getting paid absolutely nothing, and he is slicing and dicing for him, Don't. which is a massive weapon. He has somehow, even with a book out on him, maintained how good he was last year in his first six starts when nobody knew him. Good play caller, obviously a good player, great weapons around him. Um, the offensive line, if you look at him, probably man for man, probably not the most talented, but the scheme, like AQ talked about earlier, helps him out a ton. And uh, what that offense has kind of been known for for some years now is kind of, hey, take what they give you, dink and dunk, get the ball in the athlete's hands. But Brock Purdy is more so like, hey, I'm going to take what I want. I'm going to move my eyes. I'm going to control safeties, linebackers. And I'm going to, you know, drop my nuts and, and throw that ball down the field. I think a perfect rating, uh, I know the first week, throwing past the six in, in, in the quarterback. 
We had Ayuk on our uh, fantasy bench yeah. uh, there. It feels like he and Ayuk have a great connection. Oh, yeah. Him and everybody seemingly have a good connection. Remember last year, whenever he came in, it was when Kittle picked up yep. what Kittle had been doing. He's also a leader of men, which I think is what J.J. was trying to talk about. He galvanizes that group. He's a leader. He's got that Jimmy G quality, A.J. I mean, just watch, just watch like his poise in the pocket at all times. He reminds me, like when you watch him go down on a long drive, I'm sure you've seen it, Pat. When when Tom Brady was rolling, he when he would oh. drive down the field, Tom would just walk super proudly yeah, between each, like yeah. each play. I'm not comparing him, saying he's Tom Brady, obviously. Yeah, I'm saying between well, from play to play, his poise and how he walks down the field and kind of stalks the opponent reminds you of what Tom would do. Oh, so you're saying? Let me make sure I mm-hmm. have this right as I think. <laughs> you're saying Brock Purdy, Tom Brady. I'm saying how he reminds me of Tom when he walk, how he how he stalks down the field and he's on a long drive. So you're he's saying never, he's never not in control. It seems like. Okay. I heard so that you're saying in the office last week too by somebody up in the state. Uh-huh. So you're saying AQ Super Bowl champion. You're saying oh, Brock Purdy, what Tom Brady, second coming. Brock Brady. No, Brock I just made a, a simple comparison of of one thing that he does Tom Purdy. that reminds me of Tom. Hmm. But that's gets rid of the ball thing. very quickly too. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of anyone with a quick release. Tom Brady does that yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Yeah, Brock he, is awesome. Brock Purdy is awesome. Yeah. I love watching the. Brock changed his face yet? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Whoa. Tony he's still young. Uh, he's not the only one. Okay, we saw some other people on TV today for the first time. They got brand new faces. That's just a part of life. That's right. Yeah, no. science has figured out a way. I was it a shot? I was just asking. Science has figured out a way to make people look younger. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. We obviously love SeatGeek. Right now, you download the SeatGeek app. You can buy any football ticket with 15% off using the code. Pat 15. At checkout, SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. We appreciate SeatGeek. Obviously, they're the first ones to say, like, uh, doing an hour free? Yeah, we would like to pay for that. Okay. Yep. Uh, Are you doing anything? Yep, you guys, your show? Yep, All right, we want to be involved. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the hell out of SeatGeek, and they are the greatest because everything you buy is what you get. You're not going to get catfish. No, no, and they'll let you know if you're getting screwed. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people will. So we appreciate SeatGeek. We appreciate JJ. We appreciate Jason Kelsey. We got Chris Carter in the next hour on YouTube and ESPN+. Plus. Sports Center will be on the other side of this seven-minute break as AJ gives you a motivational speech on this Wednesday. Nope, and I do not have the countdown clock, so I have no idea how long until uh, we get to ESPN. But great show today, Pat. Great hey, great show. We'll yeah. see you all tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs> Incredible. You remember when I used to do that? I forgot I used to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you do it with a hard out on ESPN. You do it as it's going to sports. <laughs> I forgot I used to do that. I forgot I used to do that. All the time. That was literally in the moment. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yes. I oh, yeah. used to yep. be able to put AJ in a terrible position. Because yep. <laughs> AJ loves motivational speeches. Isn't that like your big thing? Yeah, they work every day. They uh, always work. Okay, so we got four NFL guys right now currently sitting on microphones. Mm-hmm. Okay, right now. Darius, how do you feel about motivational speeches? Uh, you know what? I heard one last night, Kirby Smart, halftime. Pretty legit. So it depends. I think the timing, the delivery, who it is, when it happens. Let's give a percentage. Let's give a percentage Ooh. that you've heard as a football player. But I would say about uh, – Eight percent. Okay, eight okay. percent. We got eight percent to work. That's not bad at yeah, all. AQ Shipley, your thoughts on motivational speeches? Give a percentage of the amount of speeches that you've been told since you got into big time college football at Penn State through your NFL career that really got you going and needed to be heard and worked. 
Uh, 0.0003%. <laughs> Whoa. There was one. Was there what was about? One? Yeah, wait, wait. That's a small. Hold on. That number sounds oddly familiar. 0.0003%. Yeah. There was some other. Wasn't that a stat? Yeah, that was a stat. That was so, that Oh, was, you mean the denominator? I think that was. Well, I think that was. There uh, was a denominator in it. What was the 0.0003, though? That had to be a really yeah, serious. Whose was it? It was Tom's. Tom. It was Tom's before the Super Bowl. The same mm-hmm. one that. Yeah, the same he one gave he did New England, in New thing. England a couple times. Yeah, yeah, but that thing was awesome. It was, I didn't know it was recycled. Oh, yeah. I wish I never found out it was recycled because that thing was awesome. It's been leaked once uh, before the Seattle Super Bowl. Your family's honor! Bingo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. one, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. one's pretty good. And you, you, what, put the helmet on and ran right into a wall? Yeah, I was ready. Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of like walking out, and then I was like, wait a second, I'm going to stick around for this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're point oh 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 three percent That's it. You're 8%. AJ, why don't you give a take on the percentages of motivational speeches that have really scratched you where you itch? <laughs> it depends when you start, because in high school, I was very impressionable, would do anything for my coaches because I had so much respect for them, and they legit would give, like, they would never call it a pregame speech, but how we would talk to the team – for 30 seconds before we go out would, yes, they absolutely worked. But then in college, Jim Tressel, he definitely would never say, hey, I'm going to give you a motivational speech. He was just an inspiring dude and was awesome. But then after that, I think as you grow up, you just don't – we don't really need him anymore. Like, we just don't – like, if you're not intrinsically motivated, you don't deserve to be a professional athlete, I think. So when those people were talking, you just had to put a percentage on how many really worked and, you know, kind of – I think something. the best ones are organic. The best ones are totally organic when someone yep. – that usually doesn't speak, all of a sudden speaks, and you're like, okay, I, I can feel the passion coming from this person, and I know it's real because they don't try to do it only when the camera's here. We all know the people that, oh, there's a camera. Hey, everyone, everyone hold up, hold up. Here Game ball. The camera oh. in the middle. Oh, yeah. You know, we those are what are, those are tough sometimes. Who does that? He had a teammate like that. Oh, oh the hell does yeah, that? we did. Who? We're not you gonna gotta do slam poetry, you said. Oh, no, that was at the rookie show, and that was <laughs> oh, one of the most obnoxious things. The least <laughs> amount of self-awareness I've ever seen out of a human in my entire life was during that rookie show doing slam poetry, thinking that we were going to do this. Snap <laughs> it up. We get it, pal. But, like, there was a guy on our team who I think we all liked as a human. Yep. But the whole song and dance was a little bit old for, yeah. for his production. Sure. Oh. You know? Because you have to be good, too. Like, you, uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to talk, you got to be good. Because if you talk and you're not good, then it's like, oh, we hate this guy. Shut up. So it's like, isn't I mean, that's, make a play. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so why don't you shut your mouth? Okay. And why don't you help us? And I'm the punter. So I'm not saying this. I am just a part of the crowd observing and reporting mm-hmm. about what is working, what's not working. I'm never talking in front of anybody. Okay. <laughs> that needs to be known in the football world. Kickers and they, they had that girl. Remember they had that girl? Oh, yeah. Sarah Fuller. For Vanderbilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had this girl. She, she was a oh, great yeah. soccer player. Yeah. Stud soccer yes. player. Very good. Had a big leg. Kicked the ball yep. well, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, not going to be in the NFL, but kicked the ball. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen, by the way. It takes a lot of explosion Ooh. to be able to move a ball as big. Maybe there will come a lady who can do it, but I don't think. But like, they had her speak at halftime yeah. to the team, and I think Sarah Fuller got bamboozled in that yeah. whole thing. So they uh-huh. get their asses beat. And they, they make this girl go speak, and then all of a sudden, that's just like a setup for everybody. It was her like, first week on the team. First week playing football. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And yeah. they're like, yeah, we need you to speak to the team at halftime. I'm like, yep. did anybody tell her that punters and kickers, ne- first of all, never, <laughs> yeah. ever speak to, like, we are not. Even you know Vinny. I mean? There's no reason. Vinatieri, like, when he spoke, though, yeah. Felt like Vinatieri. When Vinatieri spoke, people listened. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't do a lot of talking. It wasn't. There's like- no Al Pacino in real life. There's no any given Sunday oh. Al Pacino speeches going on in real life. I mean, there is maybe, but that one, 
with the music and how dramatic it is makes it awesome. I'm like, it's not exactly like that usually. Yeah. So we would like to let Sarah Fuller know you got bamboozled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, had no shot. The, the, fact, that, no shot. the fact that anybody told you, told her that like, hey, you should go rally the troops. Time. Yeah. And like in the <laughs> movies, you know, and in the that's why I brought this up because in like the media and in the movies, boy. They love the person that's doing the speaking. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know if it's been chatted about enough that behind the scenes, normally that person talking is getting cooked by <laughs> everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you're doing a sitcom right now. You are doing, this is a movie you are doing. This is real life here, not working. <laughs> so I think Sarah got bamboozled. I would like to go on the record of stating that. But I'm happy we're having this convo because there's a lot of people that think those are real and like, that matters. And I think there's a lot of young kids that think that's how they're supposed to be. Okay. And it's like, you're almost setting yourself up to be hated mm. if you do that too much is the whole thing. What about like the Kelsey thing? Like the night before the Super Bowl? Because in the Kelsey doc, he had that was an entire... Real, yeah. I don't think there's yeah. some motivational speeches. Either. Yeah, those aren't... Yeah, it didn't seem like that. But are those speeches... That doesn't count? Like, do those actually help? I mean, that's a my percent. That counts. Yeah, but listen, I, I put it at 5%. And if Kelsey's giving a speech up there the night before a Super Bowl, I think that is... It was yeah, so good, too. Those are more experience, right? Like those are like, hey, listen, mm -hmm. like we've been through this journey together. I don't think that's meant to be like, hey, this is this is gonna get us going for tomorrow's game. That's just like rehashing, talking about the brotherhood. All that's that campfire, stuff. right? You're saying, like, yeah, I think. But I'm counting. You see those. how much yeah, he cares. How, how much he cares about you. Yeah. But a lot of those people that speak the night before games too, they suck too. I mean, we saw really? Jason Kelsey one. It was good. There's a lot of people that are speaking in front of teams that are not. You know. Yeah, like Peyton before the Super Bowl or even Aaron before this? Like, was there any so for Peyton, either of you? Uh, Peyton, he, he wasn't a big, you know, for how much. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. I don't think you need it. But I think you I'm did say I don't think you need a big rah-rah. I don't remember. I was a rookie. The only thing I remember is we changed hotels again the night of the Super Bowl, and it was like, <laughs> oh, a nice. whole song and dance here going to another another hotel. Then we had to check in and we do that whole thing. We had a meeting. I don't remember if anybody spoke the night before. Really? I, don't, I assume Peyton said something. You know, yeah, like, had to. Peyton talks to the offense. Like, offense talks to the offense. Yeah. Defense talks to the defense. Like, there's always that. I'm in just the team meeting part and the special teams meeting part. I don't know how often a lot of people are talking. You well, know? he was so, like, intense and into it, too, that, like, he'd do that shit in real time if he needed to. You know, like, if so, if, I mean, if some. Snap the ball. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, why you shut up, Jeff. <laughs> just, just block. <laughs> like, he, he's, he doesn't need to, like, I don't need to do this in the locker room because if, if something needs to be said, like, I'll fucking say it on the sideline. He was, he was. Was a great leader. He was an incredible leader. And if he was to speak ever, everybody would listen because they know they had to. Because yeah. that's the quarterback, head coach, and the general manager. Yeah, yeah. cut your ass at the same time. You know what I mean? He's the guy. Jim Ursay speaking now. That's must listen. Mm -hmm. When he's doing the songs, remember that. What do you oh, do? Yeah. What are you song in Hard Knocks? What do you do? Someone oh. fart or something? Why are you laughing? Oh, Butch? Yeah, I don't know, Darius. Yeah, yeah Butch. D-Butch. Oh, awesome. The floor is yours, Darius. And you can oh, follow. Oh, his pretty, reaction got put, a good pop. He's putting that 8% too. We got the quote right outside the locker room too, I'm sure. That's that. right. That banger. Like, right. When you walk circle. in this locker room, it's a circle. After the win. You can recite that, right? It's like you know a word for word. It's not a circle. It's like a circle. There's no edges. It's a circle. And your obligation to everybody else in the circle is to make sure that the circle is as strong as the circle can be. And that's... Jim Mercy, yep. Michael Scott. That's right. Boom. That's how it goes. Right outside the locker room. The boys are winning. Yeah. The boys are winning. Jim Mercy, yeah. Michael Scott, the guy who married uh, Chuck and, Chuck and Larry. Mm -hmm. Which is the you can do it guy. Yeah. Yes. Circle. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> he's, he's the one that did it. Listen, everybody needs to stop laughing. 
Okay, and depending upon how many times you read this quote outside the locker room, I guess that would change the percentage. Can we, uh, do we have that? Can we get that? Uh, yep, please, thank you. The, depending upon how many times you read this, I guess changes the percentage of motivational speeches working. True. Oh, yeah. Like, for instance, I'm walking into that Colts locker room, and I'm reading that thing every day. So that's one motivational speech from Jim Irsay every single day. Wow. That's hitting. So I'm probably up to 50, 55% yeah, sir. if that is right out there. So you don't even weigh out, too. Oh, yeah. Why not take a little peek? Twice a day. Did I fulfill my obligation to circle today? That's a good question. When you walk in the locker room, there's a circle. And my obligation to everyone in that locker room is the circle has to be as strong as possible to give us a chance to win. I don't know how Hell that yeah. was the quote. That's amazing. I don't know how that was the quote. That's what he said. Is it kind of like the ch chain, you know, the weakest link. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Is that kind of a take on this? I think, you know what? Everybody kind of takes it. It's Those hard. Those are my favorite. Everybody yeah. kind of takes it. It is yeah, hard. Whenever, whenever you walk into the locker room, there's, there's, a, there's a chain link on everyone's chair. That's right. Don't be the don't be the weak don't one. Don't be. Jets did don't that. Be. Yeah. Don't be the missing Jets one. And don't be the weak one. That's right. But when you read this AQ, what does it do? You ready to flip that table and kind of go through it? Yeah, this might move it up to point zero 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 three two percent. Okay. Then. Oh wow! You only read it one time. We can start reading that thing every single day yeah. and kind of up those. Might numbers. get up Joe to one. Pa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't Joe Pa ever get you guys going? I don't. I don't. In I really a different don't think way. He ever spoke yeah. before a game. Really? I think. I think he was like Andy Reid. Like, there we go. Andy Reid never says anything. Beast. It's awesome. AQish. Hey, <laughs> Nebraska. He was worried about Nebraska. He was. And the HBO mock stock that we see. Man, oh, man. He was much more worried about Nebraska than anything else. And he played Nebraska 45 straight years. That was crazy. He seemingly knew a lot about Nebraska. A lot. Mm -hmm. But he just couldn't help but learn more and more and more and more. More. And he kept going on. And on and on and on and on. <laughs> hey, Penn State's got a team this year. Big game this week, me and Ty. Hey, let's go, though, uh -oh. right? I mean, Illinois was a little bit of a song and dance, but I've gone on the record both on the college football game day, college football show, and on our show. I think this year is different for Penn State. Do you agree with that or no? I, yeah, I did. You put your head I, down immediately. Well, because I did. I, did. I, did. I, did. I got more and relief I, I didn't like them the way than they than looked against the Illinois. I didn't like the way Yeah, they but looked. a lot of teams laid, their, laid an egg this past Very What is that, just a week three, everybody goes to sleep? I don't know. You're dealing with 18 to, what, 45-year-olds now in college football? Uh -huh. so, yeah, so like, I can yep. just uh, apply for his 10th year, 10th year, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been in since 2016. And Tez right. Walker can't play. Yep. Okay. I'm about sick of it, okay? About sick of it. The NCAA is a sham and a mockery. And the more stuff we hear, there's a... Kicker for Virginia is 30. Yeah, yes. Marine. Yeah. Thank you for your service, obviously. But he's admitted in there because his clock never started, I guess, because yeah. he went to the Marines Bingo. or whatever. And there's people getting extra years because of COVID. And this guy transferring. Yeah, Aussies. Aussies are coming in at the age of 25, 26. American dream taking place. And this Tez guy can't just get. Why? Why can't we just let him fucking play? What do we even. No human in the entire college football world thinks he shouldn't play, except for the assholes at the NCAA mm -hmm. that are upholding wow. the rules. You should go down the street. Isn't that, the NCAA is here. Should, oh, yeah, that's uh, like give me. one of those motivational speeches to yeah. them about this. Buddy, I've been I've been crushing the NCAA for it. what? Since the day we got on a microphone. Mm -hmm. I am not a believer in that operation down there. Sure. I, don't, I don't think there's any brains there. Yeah, I don't think I there's agree. any brains there. I assume there's good people in there somewhere, but everything they do that gets made public is like dumb, bad, stupid, mm -hmm. yeah. not the right way about going things in my eyes. The Tez one for sure. Now let's get back to Penn State though. You don't believe in them. Why? Because they had a bad week? No, I believe in them. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the quarterback. I think the quarterback's a stud, and I just think they got to get the passing game going. Like I think 
you know, there was a lot of hype going in. Like, they're going to score a ton of points. They're going to do this. I thought their passing offense looked terrible against Illinois. Now, maybe Illinois is better than I, than, than I gave them credit for. Who knows? Well, Illinois, the first couple of weeks, were 120th in defense or something like Perfect. that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. There it is. So, There's my answer. The whole, de- the whole secondary went to the league. Yeah. Bash it got drafted. Oh, they lost a lot of people? Yeah, Not everyone. I think oh, the Illinois bloggers told me I didn't know ball whenever I said they lost their whole defense. Even defense coordinator's not there. Defense coordinator gone, whole secondary gone. Hmm. That's going to be a little difficult to pick up, but it seems like you think they have. They found it this year, the new new Illinois defense played against you guys well. Oh, they, looked, they looked good against <laughs> us. I mean, it took them a while. They obviously covered. They did their thing at the end, but, like, the running game was solid, but, they like, they got a stud NFL quarterback. They got good receivers. Like, let's go. Get some scheme going. Who's the O.C.? Uh, he's from Youngstown State. My oh, Mike Gansic. Oh, so he's a dog. Gansic, is that his name? Yeah, yeah it seems like, like that. I think it's, yeah. Tra- I think tra- it's Trestle. Jim Trestle. Yeah. What? Yeah, Trestle. Bo Pelini. Trestle Disciple, right? Or Bo Pelini. President. I think they're both at Youngstown State, to be honest with you. Youngstown State is where everybody goes. You just kind of find your way down into mm-hmm. Youngstown. Yeah, great city, great there, place. Yeah. Iowa's defense, very good. So it's going to be another one of those. Great coach, too, right? You'll be able to Parker? find it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil Parker. Yeah, well, I mean, Iowa, too, is like they've always kind of played Penn State well. They play to the level of their competition, which is why a lot of times, like, you know, they'll be 8-0, and then they'll fucking get beat by Northwestern by two touchdowns at home because they kind of just play to whoever their competition is. I think they'll get up for this one, though, in Happy Valley, night game. We'll, we'll see. Uh, they're, they didn't look that great last week. I mean, they beat the shit out of Western Michigan, but they should. Cade McNamara is still kind of banged up, which which worries me a little bit. But I, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I think uh, Penn State's 14.5-point favorites. I full, I don't know if they'll win. I hope they do, but I fully expect Iowa to cover. Maybe A.I. Ferentz will call plays, too. That'd be so That's cool. our favorite. They'd our win. favorite Ferentz yeah. is the A.I. is the A1. Mm-hmm. AI one. Uh, college got a lot of great games. Uh, Colorado going to Oregon. Yeah. That's huge. Unreal. Without Travis Hunter. Ah. Oh. Not good. That's wrong. Wrong time to yeah. lose your guy. You know that kind of scares me. I've, I've been a big Colorado supporter since the very beginning because I support Prime. I think Shador's an absolute a dog. But Travis Hunter is the difference maker. Obviously, 136 plays over the first two weeks. Him to get hurt now going into uh, Oregon, then USC next week. Yeah, could be a tough couple weeks. But that's big time game. AJ on ABC at 3:30. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, they have tons of talent. That's what you've mentioned before. There's a lot of talent on the team we probably haven't even seen play yet because True. of who is who is running. It's like probably almost. I'm not going to claim like an Alabama how deep Alabama would be at time. Oh, their fourth string running backs getting drafted, Makes stuff sense. like that. I'm big on comparisons today to uh, to big time institutions. <laughs> yeah. and big time players, I guess. No, you're so, right yeah. though. It is we haven't even seen the depth. Because they have 80, For real. 80 new players this year, yeah. and we haven't really seen much of it because we haven't had to. Now we're going to check it out. Two positions, obviously, Travis out is uh, corner, wide receiver. Mm. Who's going to make up for explosive plays? X Weaver, that wide receiver with the dreads, he is Beast. phenomenal. They're tight end, 87. I forget who he is. He's big, fast, strong. Seems to be. Had a big game. Yeah, he'll be the yeah. guy, I think, without Travis Hunter, mm. w- alongside the X uh, Weaver or whatever. Five, two. 20 point dogs. Yeah, Yeah, both their wideouts. Uh, uh, him and Jimmy Horn Jr. are both from USF, both USF transfers. Great. I can't wait to see how they handle it, but Oregon's a great football team. And then, obviously, all eyes are on South Bend, Indiana. Woo. That's right. As Ohio State travels in to take on Notre Dame. We'll be there live on Friday from the game day set, which I believe is uh, is on the field near Touchdown Jesus. Oh, hell okay. yeah. Okay. I believe. It's on, on, that quad, little on the quad? Complex. I don't know. Is that what it's called? Well, that's what I call a lot of grass on a lot of campuses. That is what they call it in Bama. They did call it that in Bama, mm-hmm. and I assume other places they've called it that. We're not 100% sure, but are you confident in this Ohio State team here against Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame? 
I am. I, I like, honestly, what Ohio State's defense is doing. I hope they can get some pressure on Sam Hartman. I think that guy could pick you apart if you let him sit there. Estimate, too, dog. Yeah. I mean, Offensive line, great. Ohio State wants to run the ball, too, though. That's the thing. Like, they've been running well. What's the over-under there? What's the line? That's a good question. The line is two and a half or three. Ohio State is favored. Okay. Wow. And what's the over-under? Because it sounds like this is going to be a quick game. You know, oh, yeah, a lot of yeah. home dogs. Whoa. Yeah, dude. It's crazy, especially with the vibes, allegedly what it's going to be this weekend. And yeah. Stuff. Yes. The and with our back to Ohio State and all that, and you home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. With how Notre Dame has played, you know, it is. Chip on the shoulder. Yeah. I, I'm sure Freeman's bringing it up, if I had to guess. Down from, it started at 63 and a half. It's down to 55 and a half. Yeah, it's Damn. quick. Quick eight points out of there. <laughs> As the people started talking about, like, yeah, probably gonna run the rock a lot. Yeah, probably gonna run the rock a lot. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, it's gonna be a quick one, probably not a lot of turnovers, you know, unless there's a fumble here and there. So you start whittling away at those points. I think we're in for a good one. I cannot wait to get to South Bend on Friday. Hopefully, you will come join us. We've heard there's a little bit of a buzz. There is some little buzz. Little bit of a buzz. I mean, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, listen to what Coach Freeman said about the weekend and the hype around this particular game. I cannot believe this being real. Yeah. I thought this was AI yeah. that got yeah. sent to me. Mm -hmm. This is not AI. Here's Coach Freeman chit-chatting about the buzz in South Bend. Um, we're excited about, you know, the chance to go against a, a, a top-tier opponent for sure. And um, we're excited about just the atmosphere, um, the, the experience that's going to be here with College Game Day and, and the Pat McAfee show. Whoa. How about oh. it? <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Whoa. He wanted you to wear a Notre Dame tank, by the way. Pretty cool. What's that, pal? He wanted you to wear a Notre Dame tank on the show. Okay, well, I want to wear a split jersey, but we can't all have this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that? I guess neither of them will happen, right? No, well, you tell me. Well, we. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. talked to my mother-in-law. She's got to find that thing. If if so, oh, it's, you have it's framed to. in it's your bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. Where's? Yep. Hey, General General Bob Carpenter. <laughs> I know you know your way around. Yeah. Every house that the Hawk family has <laughs> mm -hmm. need you to find that split jersey. Yes. That Lord. Yes. Let's call. Let's call Bob. <laughs> let's make sure we get face to face. He not knows any, it's not in my house. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of houses. You know yeah. what I mean? Come on, Hawk. You know it, Hawker. You switch. I'll wear that tank top of Coach Freeman. And thank you, Coach Freeman, for the love. Yeah. Yeah. Our draft class, too. Oh, not draft class. Freeman? Yeah, we're yeah. in the senior bowl together. Yeah. He was on North? Yeah. What did you think? Oh, did you guys team? win that game? Nah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Sorry. North, south, kind of, you know. Well, they put West Virginia on the south, even though. They put USC on the south, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. We had uh, uh, Ray Maluga. <laughs> really? We had Brian uh, Cushing. Cushing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had that whole you crew. Clay, too. Clay. You had Clay. Clay. Well. Yeah, we had. That's how I got along. That's how I met all these guys. It was <laughs> awesome. Back, it was great. We were on the bus. It was like the whole, like, superstar crew. Yeah. <laughs> sitting there. Good dudes, by the way. Mm -hmm. All of Ray Maluga's head. Ray. Would a not like I'm telling you, watch some footage of Ray back. Oh, alignment. Oh, alignment. Hey, I'm just gonna pull around here. Nope. Ray is gonna hit him in the side <laughs> of the head and the guy's gonna go cold. He like, was that happened him. all the that time. He was incredible too. Oh. Very cool. Yeah, we got the big time win. Pat White, obviously, MVP. Uh -huh. That's what Pat does. If it's college football and Pat White's playing, he's gonna win and he's gonna get the MVP. Joining us now is a man that we need to go snoop around. Ladies and gentlemen, the General Bob Carpenter. Boy General. General, thank you for making time for us here, and we understand you're on the move, and this was kind of uh, unplanned. Need you. General, you hear me? I got you. Coach, need you to find this split jersey that Laura wore whenever AJ took on Brady for this Friday <laughs> show. I need it. We need it. Is there any way you could find this for us? All right, well, I'll try to sneak up to the house. 
Um, Laura told me that it was up there somewhere. I got to find it. I think it might be in a box, but I'll see what I can do. Yes. Okay. Thank you, General. We appreciate it. That's Thank all we need to hear. Love you, we know you're on it. He brought football back in the Big Ten. He'll find it. I assume he'll be able to bring yes. that split jersey back. Yes. You didn't think I was going to do that, AJ? When I said to you last night, I said, I need definitely that thought you were. Need I that definitely thought, first off, I don't want to cut you off when you called me last night to tell me about the jersey. <laughs> but I 100% thought you would absolutely call Bob and tell him to come find it. So as he was giving me the song and dance last night on the FaceTime, yeah. you know, I'm like, sure. hey, Bob, need the split jersey on Friday. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know where it is. Oh, I haven't I seen that thing. You're going to have to ask somebody else for that old thing. I'm like, are we making one or do you have one? He goes, yeah, you should probably make one. I don't know where it's at. And I tell him, I'm going to have General Bob Carpenter search your entire fucking house. Yeah. How about that? Mm -hmm. He goes, General Bob won't be able to find out. I don't even know where it is. I don't know where it is. Like the whole song. Of course. The whole thing. I can search does. my house all day. Well, you can tear my house apart. I know it's not here. Which he one? It's My mother-in-law's had it for, from the jump. She's had it somewhere in storage from whenever it happened. Come on, Chopper. Yeah. We need you. Chopper. Chop. We need to call Chopper. We need to call Chopper. We'll, chop. we need to call we'll chop. get it. We'll find a way. You just can't. Uh, I think she actually wants it back, though, if we take it. Her mom does. Oh, absolutely. Hey, we will bring it back. So what do you think we're going to burn it? We're not going to do it. AJ's going to try to burn it. It'd be easy I to I might steal it. it. I don't want to forget it. Hey, so real talk, though, just as we're having our laughs about this, Laura hates that thing because of how big of a deal it got. Yeah, she doesn't want any, yeah, any coverage over anything. So, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> that became the story. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Zoom in yeah, on we're her. We're just naive. Yeah. We're just TV. super naive. We had no clue. And you hated it. After after you guys were yeah. removed two weeks from it, oh. you look back on it. Wow. Such a bad idea. We hated oh, everything yeah. about Good. it. Is that what happened at the Hawk House about it? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, we just thought, man, yeah, if we had to do that over again, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> if that yeah. Likely. Look at how awesome fun. it is, though. Look at how we'll take it. Don't do that. Oh, she's going to kill somebody. It's oh, 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 no. Oh, it's a neat jersey. Joking. That's what I'm talking yeah. This is good, Laura. Yeah. yeah. You're awesome, sister. Yeah. Significant other. Right. Come on. You did it. You started the whole craze. She now did. they're all, all everywhere. over. Everybody. Everybody's doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. Let's get to a break. Uh, we'll be back on the other side with Chris Carter. Excited to get his take. He's an Ohio State legend. 20 yep. years ago, by the way. 20 years ago. Don't matter. Still matters. Okay. Still matters. You know what I mean? Still being talked about. Put that thing in the fucking Hall of Fame. Time is Ohio. college football Hall of Fame. Yeah. Why is it not Chris, hanging? Chris Carter, Middletown, Ohio, by the way. What's this guy's called? Dayton. We used to play them. Yeah, hold on. Chris is a little bit older than you, but I understand the school references. Yeah. Does Sun Tzu not matter? Schwarber too, right? was a while ago. Yeah, Sun Tzu was what? Is he dead or is he alive? Very dead. Mm -hmm. Yep. Deader, deader than... He's very dead. Things still matter. His offspring lives on. So it makes me wonder if he really wrote it. You know, how can he die that long ago and people still... Well, I guess Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial... You can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now is not only an Ohio legend, but an Ohio State legend, a Hall of Famer in the NFL, and a man who we don't get to talk to enough, but every time he's on this show, he fucking kills it. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carter. Yes! How we doing, man? Good, man. Let me flip you around real quick. Hey, you do what you got to do. The house looks good. Oh, what's that back there? What's that back there? That's called the Thunderdome, dog. Oh, okay. All right. Well, welcome to the Thunderdome. We wish we could be in there. Your house is beautiful. Incredible career. Great to see you, Chris. You look great. Yeah. You look Woo, great. Thank you, man. How you guys doing? Just busy as hell, Chris. You know, football season, once it gets started, it's kind of a nonstop watching football thing, and we're lucky to yeah. do it. I think you got to move to your right. Boom. Boom. There you go. Boom. We're figuring Congrats it out. Congrats on all the success, too, man. We're busy, Chris. You know, we're just very busy, you know, trying to figure it all out, enjoy it. What are your thoughts here early in this football season? You follow college much? Do you watch NFL? Is it all football? What is it for you? It's all football for me. And um, NFL will always be first. And um, college football, always watching that closely. It's wide open this year, just like the NFL. So, man, everybody's watching what's going on with my boy Prime there in Colorado. So, I think they've changed the conversation about college football out there. You know what I mean? Because there's a business side of it, too, which I think a lot of us who are NFL fans, we appreciate the business side of the NFL. We like to see what the deals are, who's making what, the pressure, the what are the numbers, the ratings, the TV deals. Yes. It's like Dion has taken all of that and made it very prevalent in Colorado, where I think he's getting a percentage of ticket sales, so we're like watching that place sell out. They're on prime time now every single week, and now 10 p.m. is a little bit too late of a start. Yeah. But all eyes are on Colorado a team that lost 11 games last year for I think it's like the fourth time in FBS history that a team has started 3-0. They might actually win too, Chris. It's not just bullshit. It's not just hype. Like, they're an actual good team and I think they're going to be that way for the rest of the season, Chris. Dion's always been special. He's always been elite at anything that he's done. When he first showed up in the NFL, he had a hat on and glasses. <laughs> so when the coach starts saying stuff like that, I was like, oh, he doesn't know who he's dealing with. Don't get caught up in the flash. He is a brilliant, brilliant athlete. He is a great communicator. And the thing that he has that most elite athletes don't have, and the reason why they're not good teachers or coaches, he has a tremendous amount of patience with young people and realizing that they are not him. Deion Sanders is the real, real deal. You know what else is the real deal? That backdrop. Hey, we just got to you full screen. Whoa. Hey, every once in a while, you got to remind yourself, Chris. Yeah. Every once in a while, you got to remind yourself out there. I was talking to I was talking to someone. They asked me, could you send the resume? I said, oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Ohio State's got Notre Dame this weekend. It's a big one. Game day will be there. This Ohio State team, brand new quarterback this year. They just boat raced somebody this past weekend. How do you feel about Ohio State? Are we winning an Addy with a new quarterback? And what about Marvin Harris Jr., uh, who just happens to be maybe the most talented wide receiver college football has seen, Chris? No, he's definitely the most talented wide receiver in college football. As far as their quarterback situation, you have to trust the coach. 
The coaches developed other good quarterbacks, and you got to go back on history. Um, that offense that they have there in Columbus has been developed by him. So I trust him that he's going to do the right thing. And you got to give kids reps, man. We, we want this instantaneous success. We, don't, we want guys to be, as soon as they touch the field, to be successful. I mean, it used to be a grind to this thing. Football is very, very difficult, and nothing makes me more upset than people that played the game and they get on shows like this and they act as if the game is easy or if it was ever easy. Man, it was never, ever easy the first day. It was never easy on the last day. And I don't know why people have that misconception as far as the process. It's, it's We all need the process. Yeah, people forget whenever they get on a microphone. Go ahead, AJ. Chris, how long do you think it takes? I know you've caught touchdown passes from many different quarterbacks at all different levels. We're talking about Ohio State working in a new quarterback, Kyle McCord here. With For him and the receivers to get on the same page, does it just take game reps over and over to kind of build that, that rapport? And, and how quickly do you think you can get that? Well, one of the things, too, AJ, that we don't know, it. we don't know what's the ceiling on this athlete. Like, how much development does he have left? And when he gets on the field... Man, there are people you see when there's 30,000, they're terrified. When there's 130,000, they don't care. They can't hear one thing. So we forget all those things as far as what makes someone special. Can they respond? Can they take coaching? Are they open? Can they continue to learn? So I do believe they're doing the right things. I, I thought the rotation in the first couple of games was the right thing to do. But it, it, now you're getting down to it's time to get paid. So now you got to put the guy in there who you believe can throw the ball and especially they got three or four pro wide receivers. I mean, Brian Hartline, goodness gracious, what he's doing there every single year. I mean, they're stacked at wide receivers, and I believe Marvin Harrison will go down as one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever Buckeye wide receiver that's played college football. Well, you're an Ohio State Buckeye legend, obviously, who had great success in college, and then in the NFL, we all know now you're Hall of Famer and legend of the game. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings a little bit. A little bit different this year than last year, Chris. You know, a little bit different. Now, I don't think Kirk is the issue, though, right? Kirk is not seemingly the problem. You got people in New York saying, we'll trade for Kirk Cousins (laughs) right now. Get him over here. Get him out of there. What does this year look like for the Vikings, you think, after this first two-week start? Well, I'm going to take you back to last year. And last year, they could have easily finished 10-7. and seven. I mean, all those late-minute comebacks. And to me, they're not, they're not a team that has – they're not the, the top 10 talented teams in the NFL. Um, I do like what they're doing as far as their front office, their general manager, the type of players they're looking at, and with their coach. I do believe that he is special. So for me, I thought there was going to be a correction coming this season. Kirk Cousins has never been the problem in Minnesota, but they're undersized on the offensive line. Their center's undersized. Now their center's hurt. Their best offensive lineman left tackle, he's been out. Um, you, you let Dalvin Cook walk out the door as if anybody can rush for 13, 1,500 yards. It's just waking up like that's going to be easy to replace. Um, Adam Thielen, his leadership's gone from there. So for me, I'm not surprised that a correction wouldn't come. I got shocked when they lost to Tampa Bay week number one. But, you know, it's going to be a tough, long season there in, in Minnesota. And Tampa looks a lot better than any of us could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Congrats to Baker. Yeah. Congrats wow. to Baker. Seemingly finding it down there. Excited to see how it goes. Darius has a question for you. Yes, sir. CC, you talked about it being, being a grind. Obviously, football being hard. Great to see you, man. Um, but wide receiver seems like one of those positions where guys are kind of hitting the ground running. You saw Justin Jefferson come in and be great early. Jamar Chase, Chris Olave. 
What is it about that position in today's NFL that it seems like these guys come in and are productive almost immediately? Bro, it's good seeing you, man. I think you do a great job on the show. Hell no, yeah, D-Butt. Appreciate you, CC. No, you do, a, you do a great job on the show. But the reason why wide receivers, and it's because of the culture of football, and that culture doesn't just start at the NFL. It starts to the mom start taking little eight-year-old Johnny and Susie out and playing flag football. So right now, the coaching of younger kids is better than ever. Seven-on-seven, flag footballs at an all-time high. And then also, so now guys are comfortable with the ball in their hands. So now when you go to college, guess what Nick Saban likes to do? He's going to throw the ball. Guess what LSU is doing now? They're throwing the ball. Guess what Ohio State's doing now? They're throwing the ball. So wide receiver is the old running back. We used to be able to get running backs into the NFL and just put him back there and he could, he could tote the rock. <laughs> yep. Now wide receivers are that because they played so much wide receiver. People are throwing the ball at earlier ages. So that overall development is now in the NFL. Um, it's nice that college football is so exciting with the passing game. So that's the reason why we see guys developing and putting up big numbers earlier in their career. Justin Jefferson – Alien, bro? He's, he seems like since day one, right? I mean, how, how often have you chatted with him? But watching him just kind of do his thing, regardless, he's getting like 120 in the first half, and everybody knows yeah. he's the yeah. focal point of the offense. Why is he so special, and how much have you gotten a chance to interact with him? Well, I interact with him an awful lot. Um, he's a very, very humble, humble individual. Um, he respects the, the great tradition of wide receivers that we've had there in the purple. Um, he wants information of how to get better. Um, he does everything the right way around the facility. I mean, they are going to pay him probably 34 to $38 million within the next year. Hey, way to go. Way to go, wide receivers. Huh? Way to go. Let's, let's get it up there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's all but, those reasons, I assume, why he's so good is what it sounds like. But he's, he's so deserving. And the reason why... He has the gate of a wide receiver. Very seldom you ever see his feet coming parallel together, which is a no-no for wide receivers. You always see his feet out this way. His acceleration in and out the breaks is special. He's a lot like Isaac Bruce as far mm -hmm. as doing things like that. Catching the ball in traffic, defeating the double team. Um, he's a football savant. Um, the coach tells me because they move him around every position in the offense. He's able to remember all those things. So, Special, special, special football player um, that we're witnessing every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever he lays them up, man, something great to happen. Hold on. My mind's blown. What did you mean about the feet? What are we talking about the feet? His feet aren't – his feet are – They don't come together because that's a bad position for wide receivers. You always want to be elongated one way or another because you can accelerate. You can't accelerate from this position. It's the worst position a wide receiver could ever be in. I mean, I know a little bit about it, Pat, just a little bit. <laughs> you always want, you want to have your feet stacked. Ask the defensive back. Ask him what he would do with wide receivers if their feet are close together or once their feet come together, what are you going to do? He's going to latch on to them. Yep. Yeah. Sticky. Get sticky on them. I, I, I just, as you did the thing, I was like, what a fascinating way to describe why somebody's great. I never mm -hmm. even thought of that. I guess it makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, everything after you break it down, he's just built to be a wide receiver, it sounds like. Like, he's just built to be an NFL wide receiver. 
I think last year you went to the Kentucky Derby, right? Well, I've been before. That guy went over there, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the paddock, you see the horses walking. And take this the right way. There's a certain gait to an athlete you can see. Uh-huh. You can see the way he carries himself, the way his shoulders, the way his hips move, the way he sinks down his bottom. Like, he's naturally – he runs like he's five seven. Because the taller you are as a wide receiver, the worse it is for the position because the higher your hip joint is off the ground, the harder it is to get it down low to make quick breaks. But he can do he can transition in and out of his routes the best in the game right now. So I, I don't I don't know who said it first, but somebody on TV during the draft combine coverage said, I just want to see a big ass. You know, like that's one of those things though, about like athletes, not only like the way they walk, but the way an athlete is built too. You can normally tell how somebody's gonna be. That's why whenever we saw Kirk Herbstreet's kid, Jake Herbstreet, shoot a basketball, yeah, and he couldn't even hit the back, not walk like this guy couldn't even hit the back where it was like everything about you says athlete. Yes. Everything about you. And then we do some athletic stuff and you don't do it. We understand completely what you're saying literally just happened. let me tell you one of the one of the the greatest big butt athletes of all time <laughs> and you guys make sure you tweet it out there instagram it out. larry fitzgerald his booty is ginormous <laughs> <laughs> hey, pretty good i mean if you got a big ass you're gonna catch 10 catches a game for 25 years yeah. I think that's what larry fitzgerald did. and then you're going to get called out on Chandler Jones's Instagram. That's yeah. Right. That's going to happen immediately after. Have you seen that? Have you seen it? I don't want it to get too serious, but have you seen the Chandler Jones stuff happening right now? That seems a little bit alarming, like legitimately a bit alarming at this this particular standpoint. Have you heard about this? Refresh my memory. Okay, so we're, in the middle, we're literally in the middle of this right now. Like Chandler Jones, Von Miller texted yeah. him, yeah, Le- and he, mm-hmm. he put out Vaughn's number pretty much on oh, yeah. a screenshot of the text message. Then LeBron okay. LeBron sent him a message. Uh, then Larry Fitzgerald sent him a green text. Yeah. yeah. We, don't want to judge. Don't want to judge. We're not, he's a big ass, caught a lot of footballs. Right. We just heard it here from Chris Carter. But then Chandler kind of put him on blast that that whole thing happened, which I think leads to a bigger conversation. It's like the mental health, I feel like, of players is being chatted about more, but we're still having situations kind of pop up seemingly. We do not know if Chandler's hurt or what is happening, seemingly not in a good place with the Raiders. How do you feel about that whole aspect of the NFL and how it's kind of handled in the modern athlete with the amount of scrutiny and how you have to manage getting through day to day Chris well I want to make sure that we give the right tone to this Bingo. because you know someone's life could be in jeopardy and um, playing in the NFL is a special special thing and if someone was trying to take it away from you or you felt like someone was disrespecting your talent or wasting your talent there um, we've seen these things happen but I think that as far as athletes and the National Football League we're in the best spot that we've ever been in you know the reason why? Because we listen and we really care. And I got a lot of guys that are friends of mine that, you know, they're older and their mental health and their overall health it, it has really been compromised. And most of that is because of the game of football. So I love the help. I love that we can talk about it now. I'm, I love that you don't have to be perfect. I, I love that people accept you're having a bad day because all of us have been through it. But we grew up in an era and playing in an era that people didn't want to talk about. So now, if you really, really care about us, care about the mind, the body, and the soul, not just the performance on the field. Because one day they're going to take the air out the ball. Then then where are we at? Who is this person? Who is this human being? So I got a great deal of respect for what we're doing professionally, and I got a great deal of respect that anyone thinks that right now 
I'm not at my absolute best. And that leads us saying, hey, Chandler, a lot of us are on your side, buddy. Yep. All, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think anybody and everybody's ready to have a chat. We, the NFL misses you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, watching you play football is awesome. With that being said, AJ has a question with you, Chris. Chris, you ever uh, watch some of these wideouts with uh, you know free releases a lot of times and not getting not getting roughed up too much past five yards? And obviously, like rules are a little different now to protect everybody. Like these receivers, I, I don't know if you played in current day NFL, how would you feel if you could go across the middle? You know, like yeah, you're going to get lit up, but they're not going to take your skull off, or they're going to get kicked out of the game. Well, I just think for the betterment of the game, you know, I don't want to be the voice of the old man sitting in the back saying, oh, my God, boy, they used to really used to. No, no. The game is better now. The game is safer now. Um, I couldn't have played any better. I wouldn't have wanted to do my career over again. Um, 16 years playing in, in this league, the first 15 years, I only missed four games. So, no, why would I change ever doing something like that? I got a great deal of respect for the people that are running the game. The changes that they made are for the betterment of the fans and the overall health of the wide receivers. But the game is a little bit easier. Almost all games are easier. The NBA is easier. Na- National Hockey League is easier. Baseball is a little bit easier. They want to hit home runs now. They want to hit for average. So all the sports, I believe, they've changed. Some of them for the better. But ours, as far as overall health and protecting people, I do believe it's it's really advanced the game beyond our years. One that I just, you know, UFC feels like mixed martial arts is not easier. Yeah, that is not good. <laughs> feels like everybody has gotten better in that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? For like, sure. As we're thinking, yeah. we're going through those sports, and I'm like, yeah, it feels like that one's right. Yeah, that one's right. Quicker, faster, slower. Okay. And then it's like UFC. It's like, you remember that first one when there were a couple guys wearing geese? Yep. And yeah. Like little guys, and then the Gracie guy comes in and was uh-huh. like, I'm from Brazil. You, you got, a, got a good point there. Y'all motherfuckers ain't never seen this before. <laughs> and then just, oh, big guy, you're out, you're out. So I think that's the only one. You're right. It's it's as sports evolve. You know, that's kind of how things go. And every a lot of the decisions, though, made for money, you think, though, uh, obviously, NFL. And do you, how do you feel about the business of the NFL right now? Business is a booming right now for the NFL. It's only going to grow. I mean, how do you feel Great. about the business? Great. We literally <laughs> only talk about it. We yeah. I mean, that's our show. We survive off of it. Yeah. We are leeches <laughs> to the game. You know what I mean? Completely. Well, I went to three years of college, Ohio State. Then I went pro. Then I played 16 years in the NFL. And then I worked 19 years with the broadcast partners. And the last four years, I've been working with the NFL and the league office in New York and the players and the legends. So it's been my whole life. I'm soon to be 58. It's been so business is great, man. Hey, thank you, NFL. Thank you, NFL. We appreciate the hell out of you. Tone has a question for you, Chris. Yeah, Chris, early in the season, uh, it feels like maybe not more than ever, but it's definitely noticeable where quarterbacks are either not being able to read or not being able to pull the trigger and, and kind of just not on the same page with wideouts. How, as a wideout, do you deal with that if, if with a struggling quarterback who is either inaccurate or not making the right reads? Like, How would you deal with that this early in the season? Well, as far as continuity, the number one thing that you have to do is you have to try to make their job easier. So for me, I'm always going to get my depth because a quarterback, if he's expecting you to be at 12 yards, most wide receivers are going to be short. A lot of wide receivers can't count that good. So at 10 yards, they're ready to come in and out of their break. But the quarterback's not ready. So the number one thing is make sure I get my depth so that he's comfortable. 
And I'm going to try to make a spectacular catch within the first few minutes of the game, the first quarter, to make him feel like, man, you don't have to be perfect on it to me. Like, my catch radius is not like right here. My catch radius is you throw that thing, and I'm going to catch it. Mm -hmm. And players who don't have the ability, the natural ability to throw it, it really, really helps their confidence. So those are the things. Make sure you get your proper depth and try to do something special to loosen him up to be like, okay, I can trust him. Even a double team, he can defeat the double team. If I throw a back shoulder fade, he's going to protect the throw. So all those things really help with a quarterback psyche because we all know who played the game. Those quarterbacks aren't the toughest guys in that locker room. <laughs> I think that's a very valid, very valid point. Now, some of those shots, though, these dudes take, oh, you know what I mean? Kurt. Like Kurt, some, take, Kurt on quarterback, we were yeah. watching him, him getting picked up and drove. It's like in those moments while I'm watching, it's like, all right, we find out now. Yeah. Right? We learn now because everything at practice not touched. Life, everything's good. What type of food do you want? Where do you want to go? Here's better internet than everybody else has. Like, this is the life of a quarterback, literally their entire. Mm -hmm. And then they take that one big shot. And it's like, I think everybody, even themselves, are almost wondering, like, all right, am I going to get back up from this or not? And it's like, sometimes they don't. And then the great ones do. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Think no. about these guys, bro. It's like, we have a class right now, Chris. I know NFL business is good right now, but there was obviously going to be a convo about post Peyton and Tom and Aaron and all the Ben and all the, this young class we got right now, Chris, seemingly more talented than ever before. It is a beautiful thing, Chris. I mean, we've had great quarterbacks over the last 30 years and everything. I think that the bottom Guys at the bottom, as far as the ranking, can throw the ball better than guys in the 70s and 80s. So I think that that makes for more quality. But I do remember a time that John Elway, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, they was balling all at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we've been blessed with quarterbacks, but the transition has been good. And a lot of that has to do with youth football and the way they coach quarterbacks. That they are Brock Purdy, ready, coming into the league, ready to throw the football and then make it a difference. So that helps how they're coached. Still misses, though. You know, there's still people mm -hmm. that don't, but it feels like we got a great group of stars kind of coming up. Uh, Ty has a question for you via Connor. Yeah, Chris obviously talks to table usually two people. One of them, who I won't say, had to take a very messy <laughs> dump. Uh, but with that being said, Ty wanted to ask about Tyreek Hill. Um, how does someone like that even exist? One, how does he affect an offense, and how was he not the you know first overall pick? Because what he does on a football field is obviously second to none. I think Tyreek Hill right now, um, Justin Jefferson had a tremendous season last year, but what Tyreek Hill has done absent of Patrick Mahomes is 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 truly amazing. Um, even last year when they struggled at quarterback, they didn't struggle at wide receiver. I mean, I am truly impressed with his overall work ethic. Um, I watch everything that he puts out there, um, everything he does as far as social media. And also, I'm very good friends with Dan Marino. And Dan Marino said that, Chris, you'd be shocked how hard he works every single day. He is the hardest worker on the Dolphins team. So for me, he's a legendary player. Oh, you said legendary? Yeah, the reason why he's legendary is because he is the best fast player that we have ever seen and he is one of the few small guys that when he goes off the ground to catch the ball he's so comfortable and can come down most guys come down on the ground but he can catch it and still accelerate 
His game off the ground for a small guy is unbelievable. For a guy that has electric speed like that, he is one of none. We have never had a player like him in the history of the NFL. So enjoy. Tyreek Hill is special, special. Tell that dude, get back from the bathroom, man. He's missing some good stuff. Yeah, he's listening. He's, he's listening still in there. He's probably very thankful we're joining him. The, the speed in which he got up boy, oh boy. and hit that court to get there, Feels like this one's going to be explosive. Yeah, it's like, not like I got hit by a car. Yeah, I don't think he was going to. I think he thought he was going to be real close, especially mm-hmm. towards the end. There was like a real. Yeah, his gate changed. You know what I mean? He had one of those. His feet were together too. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like yeah. that DB would want to see it. You know what I'm saying? He was scooting along just like this, Chris. But he was listening. Uh, a lot of gospel coming. And Darius will tell you this too. <laughs> and we had Randy Moss effect when we had Randy. DBs have the biggest ego on the field. They swear up and down that this guy can't outrun him. Mm. Oh, he ain't that fast, dog. <laughs> oh, he ain't that fast, dog. <laughs> That's what Tyreek Hill is doing for the last five or six years. Oh, he ain't that fast. Okay, yes, he is. Randy Moss, oh, he's not that fast. So that type of speed effect on the offense, it just creates space for so many things that the offense can do when you have that type of speed. All right. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's pretty apparent, too, that not every defense coordinator respects him still at this stage, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, like some of the decisions that are getting made, Chris is like, well, what are they doing? And then Tyreek sees it, and McDaniel sees it, mm-hmm. and Tua seemingly can put the ball in a keyhole, if you will. His yeah. arm is impressive. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy to hit those guys that are running that fast either. I don't think that gets chatted about no. much. No. No, it's amazing what he, the windows they throw into. If you watch the clips of what they've done the first two weeks, like anticipation, timing, and accuracy, that's his whole game. He is Steve Young reincarnated. That's because Steve Young didn't have a big-time arm, but his anticipation to throw the ball down the field where you're supposed to be in those windows. Tua, man, it's, it's really nice to be able to see him develop. And what the coach is doing down there is something special. So no one runs their offense like the Dolphins. No one runs him. I think I'm going to see him this week play wrestling. Um, they're playing down here in South Florida. Oh, yeah. Hey, how is South Florida? You ride bikes? Everybody's cycling down there. You a cyclist? No, I'm not a cyclist. I'm a motorcycle, man. I've been in South Florida for 30 years. Harley? Harley guy or? Yeah, Harley. White, man. White. Flames. Leather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? Bandana on face? You go bandana on face? No, I just have the stage on and... Um, yeah, no helmet uh, for the most part. Down by the beach. I ride by the beach, man. I don't I don't do any road riding. Yeah, it's scary out there on the road. I also uh motorcyclist as well. I absolutely love it. But I'll go bandana on face, you know, whenever I'm pulling, because I'm going no helmet either. So the hair flow, sunglasses, bandana, I look like a bad motherfucker pulling up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's awesome. Yeah, but, well, at least you're trying to look like a bad I'm, I feel like I'm comfortable. I want to see this, so I'm cool with it. Oh, okay. Well, you look like a bad dude just waking up. That's how it goes. We appreciate the hell out of you, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we'll talk to you again soon, huh? Let's do it, baby. Okay, you're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carter. Yeah, Chris. Chris. Legend. Absolute legend. Yeah. Well, he's always good on our show. So he's been working with the NFL Legends community. Is that what you heard, AJ? Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly what he does, but I've heard that. Yeah, uh, I should have brought up the Takeo Spikes seat. You know what I mean? Oh, at the boy. Buffalo Beals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was with the NFL Legends. Do you, you get emails from the NFL Legends community, I assume? Yes, I do. Do you? Yep. Do you? Yep. They're trying real hard, aren't they? they they're coming yeah. along. Legit. 
The NFL, so here's the thing. NFL Legends, I think, is through the NFL community. Yeah. And then the NFLPA, obviously, oh. is like, right? The NFLPA mm -hmm. is for players, mm -hmm. not so much retired players, though. You know, we got to worry about ours. Direct quote from somebody at the NFLPA to, <laughs> uh, you know, our team asking a question about, like, retired players. So that certainly taught me a lot. Well, we're all going to be retired players. At one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we got to worry about ours. Yeah, but we that is ours. But not yours, I guess, because you're the lawyers. They're going to be here forever. Oh, wait, we should. No, we'll work. Okay. Oh, so we're fucking retired players? <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Seems like that is. Okay, that's the mindset. Got yeah. Now, not necessarily the case anymore. There's new leadership in there mm -hmm. and new conversations and more money now and all mm -hmm. that. But then NFL Legends community was put together by the NFL, I believe. And they're like, hey, we want to offer things to NFL players. They got events at every big event that you can go to. They got, like, job shadows, job things. Health checkups, too. I see the health things that I've thought about. I should eventually go to one of those, but I do, like, the full two- or three-day Whole yeah. physical one. Yeah, they set up a place. They rent out like a full conference. Yeah, good. Yeah, they give you hotels, I think, their whole thing. That's like, sick. Nobody really yeah. talks about it that much, though, and I think the NFL legends are very proud, like the NFL legends community, because I think it's him. I think uh, Ryan Leaf is working with it oh, pretty yeah. big. I think he comes... Jimmy Johnson in it for a little? No. Uh, I don't know. Because he was working with one of those. But they're trying to well. get a lot of shit, like, you know, lifetime health insurance and yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think it'll come through the NFL legends community before it comes through the NFL PA, personally. That's Need it. I'd be huge. Big time. Legit. I don't know how it hasn't happened yet. That feels like an easy Seriously. marketing thing through it all. But how about the NFL suing the NFLPA? Did you see that? Mm. Whoa. Over the running back What, back what about? Yeah, they're filing oh, litigation oh, that yeah. the NFLPA was uh, basically recommending to people to fake injuries to kind of add leverage for the running back contract situation. The NFL, I don't know if it's suing them or a filed a injunction or – and who would even hear that? A court? What does yeah. it even mean? <clears throat> I don't court know. But, but the NFL publicly said, hey, we don't like what the fuck you did there, pretty much, is what they publicly announced. Did you see this? Yeah, and I remember I remember when that news kind of came out. I thought it was amongst the running backs, and that came out from the Zoom meeting. It was kind of leaked. Um, I don't think that was from the PA, but, I mean, that that wouldn't be – So, Treader, actually, J.C. Treader, who, uh -huh. friend of the program – was actually quoted in some interview talking about gaining leverage however you possibly can. That ain't a good way. Yeah, well, I think he alluded to it, though. The NFL is filing a grievance against the NFLPA over allegations the union advised running backs to consider feening or exaggerate. That's a good word there. Feening? Yeah, feening? I think it's like feening. Yeah, is it rain? Feining. Feining? Feining? Feining. What a word. Hell Yeah. I wonder how the NFL what's a what is a what does a grievance mean exactly? Or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage to contract talks and seeking an order for the union to cease and desist from such improper conduct. Now, exaggerating injuries. Can you search up J.C. Treader injuries in this thing? Because I think Mike Florio quoted one and said, uh, "Well, all of a sudden, this quote seems much more important now from J.C. Treader. Whenever some other, maybe a couple months ago, when the running back thing was happening, mm. J.C. Treader obviously very high in the NFLPA, and I, I assume he just said something in an interview passively. But then when Jim Irsay puts out the, there's some contracts, there's some agents operating in bad faith yeah. right now, telling the running backs to do stuff. I think that, and then the agent comes firing back at Jim Irsay. Mm -hmm. I think then." 
Jim Irsay rallies the troops about, like, this is bad faith going on here. And I don't know, though. What does that mean? A grievance comes. Asked on Ross Tucker's podcast if running backs like Saquon should claim they're not 100% healthy as a means of holding out. Treader said that he couldn't recommend faking injuries publicly, but he didn't exactly rule it out either. Mm. You need to try and create as much leverage as you possibly can, Treader said. And that's the tough thing with the franchise tagger being restricted in the movement is it decreases your leverage. But then you have to find creative ways to build leverage elsewhere. I think we've seen issues now. I don't think anybody would say they were fake injuries, but we've seen players players who didn't want to be where they currently are have injuries that made them unable to practice and play, but you're not able to get it fined and you're not able to be punished for not reporting. So there are issues like that. I don't think I'm allowed to ever recommend that, at least publicly, but I think each player needs to find a way to build up leverage to try and get a fair deal. And that's really what all these guys are looking for is to be compensated fairly. So that quote, I would assume, was the thing after Jim Irsay or others were like, this is bullshit. Yeah. What's going on here was the thing that they kind of find. But I didn't hear him say, hey, they should do it. I think he was just pointing out the obvious that it has happened, not only in the NFL, but NBA. I mean, James Harden. Oh, yeah. James ben Harden. Is, is, I mean, this has happened elsewhere. It's not like they created it. You know, AJ? <clears throat> no. Oh, they just don't want him to talk about it anymore. The cease and desist part of the end, like, they just want him to shut it down and not continue this conversation. So, uh, yeah, maybe hey, he's in the middle. Of, where's J.C. Treader at right now? He's not playing. He's yeah, not, he's not playing. Yeah, he's he's playing. out of the league. He retired. Should, we should text him. Yeah, let's text him. Ah, cold call. Yeah, cold call. Let's <laughs> let's tell him we're on though. You know, obviously, because everything he says is going to be literally in a oh, yeah. grievance. Uh, what is that? Who hears that? Like Judge Judy? Who is Goodell? Is, and he just crumples like up the demerit? paper and throws it out. It's just for merit, you think? No, it's like getting a demerit, like giving someone, hey, oh, that's one demerit. Okay, what happens? And how often does it happen? Like we're filing a grievance, especially between those two. Okay, we'll move along. Thank you. We're filing a grievance. Okay. Yeah, but when players file grievances, typically they can get things resolved like pretty quick. If you file a grievance based on how like an injury settlement might might have gone down and they want to give you three weeks, now it might get moved to six weeks after you file the grievance. So like things can come from that. Grievances? Mm-hmm. What about the NFL filing it against the players? I don't know how that works. Yeah, Great that's, yeah that's, that's the thing. But I think some type of resolution can come from it or else there's no point in doing because it. Because they're the ones filing the grievance, but they're the ones making the decision? So the decision's Roger already been made. Or is this is this like the thing with uh, Goodell where they had to bring in that third-party lady? Then oh, she would yeah. recommend to Goodell I mean, what to matter. do. But we all know that that, that didn't matter. That, that, ma- that, that didn't her matter. Her role yeah. did not matter. Remember that? That was the final, little, little finer detail we found out yes. right, between, right before the judgment day was like, uh, turns out this is just a recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> to Roger. <laughs> this independent. This is so Roger doesn't have to do the whole song and dance yeah. the court thing. She will be doing this. She will be giving a recommendation to Roger Goodell, who will then be making the final decision. It was like, so nothing's changed. And oh, well, he's going to take it serious. It's like, (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure he is. And I think he did and has. But there will come a situation that will pop up where Roger will go, you don't know the whole story. Whoever the judge is, mm-hmm. whether it's a new one or whatever, that's not the case. We got to do this. I appreciate the fact that the NFL is trying to change things, and I could see how they would be pissed off if a union was telling people to fake injuries so that they could get out of there if they thought that that was happening. But I don't know how this matters. Like a filing of a grievance, what is that? We'll find out for tomorrow. Yeah, that's what we we'll sure. do. Could you imagine if that info- no answer from JC Trump? Uh, I tried. If we had too. that info before about Jonathan Taylor, how loud it would have been. Because everyone would have immediately just been like, oh, Jonathan Taylor's listening to J.C. Treader. He's just faking an injury, and that's why he's doing this. Well, J.C. Treader didn't say that. He was just pointing out that yeah. it has happened in the past. Yes. we got to make sure we say that because that is the whole conversation that's yep. taking place in this grievance. But Jonathan Taylor just posted him working out. Yeah. Right? So Jonathan Taylor is probably feeling as if he's healthy, letting the world know he's healthy. Should be getting there close. 
close to it. Was he put on pup or IR? Pup. 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 Okay, so he came back after physically two unable to perform. Two weeks. Three weeks. Four weeks. Three. Three weeks. Two. Two. I mean, four. I think four is four pup. total. Four is yeah. two left. Four. I thought it was IR's four. Yeah. IR's four too. At least four. Yeah, do, yeah. Do you, no longer have to be designated either. Right? Remember, there was one Ooh. person at the beginning of it. IR used to be forever for everybody. Oh, yep. yeah. And then there was one person that was allowed to be designated to come back. So you had mm -hmm. to pick an injury on the spot, predict what future injuries could come, yep. and how easily could that come while – and then they were like, this is stupid, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't this, we should just, just like every other sport. Wait, so now every, everybody can come back? Mm -hmm. I think so. Oh, yeah. well, I do believe. That's good. Is that no, COVID? That, I think COVID was the That was COVID. Because it was three weeks, I thought, during COVID for the IR. And, and then, then they, they had allowed. people in hotels. Remember, they had people just yeah. living in hotels. Yep. yep. Because you, <laughs> if you had to do an eight-day isolation. Yeah. Yeah, quarantine. It was, quarantine. Five, five, it was five days because I had to do it. Wild I got times. signed like oh, nice midway job. through August. Just to Tampa? Yeah, sit in a hotel for five days. Was that cool? Was it a good hotel? Oh, caused some stress on my, my, on my marriage. Oh. Oh, babe, yeah, you got to take the kids. Oh, yeah, you must, what? yeah, you got all the kids, yeah, you must be watching Netflix shows. Oh, I'm sure that's what you were watching, yeah. Yeah, you were, yeah. Brought How much lotion, of lotion. Yeah. In there? yeah, you ran up a bill. On front it. office, yeah. the front office called down. Hey, front office, I, I can I help you. I need all your lotion <laughs> now. I'm here for five all days. Of it. Do you know I'm all out of? So if you guys just figure out how to drop that out of sight, that'd be great. Can you bring a laptop up too? I like yeah. to be lathered. I need to be lathered. Eighteen towels. <laughs> can we get a uh, uh, shot of the marquee, please? It is 3.02. Ty went to the bathroom at 2.40. Have you, he gave us an update. Did you see the picture he's in? It? No. What is it, Brian? Uh, sweating? Yeah, bingo. Shirts off. Shirts off? Yeah, tarps off. Ty, we're pulling for you, pal. <laughs> yeah, he's hurt. He's fighting in there right now. He hasn't taken his shirt off in quite some time on a dump in here. Yeah, legit. There it is. Uh, he's going in? Yeah. If you can see <laughs> the wall. He threw that thing down, too. You can tell. Yeah, you can see the wall on the right, too. That is not a regular stall. That is a handicap stall. He also, went into more room. Hold the bar, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, from what I've been told, also, he ordered some water from Talk. A nice. Out front in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> hey, I need some water here, please, through. Stat. Is that for the TP? I need a fan, please, Stat. Do we know what he ate this morning? Could you do me a favor and bring some water? Yeah, which one? Handicap stall. <laughs> what? In a locker room bathroom. All right. What? We appreciate what? you, Ty. He's nice. that thirsty? What yeah, well, I think yeah. he's sweating probably pretty good. He um, Might be for the wet wipes. What Might. did he have this morning? Oh, He had an omelet this morning. It's that damn omelet every time. Dude. <laughs> Whatever he eats. Every <laughs> time, <laughs> man. He's been living with the Arby's. I mean, he had Arby's yesterday. He wasn't running out of here. Bro, he rolls the dice <laughs> all does. the time. He knows what's possible. Man. This is possible with Ty's guts. Mm -hmm. Every single time he eats. Every meal. And he just, terrible. he lives, I, I'm going to say it, recklessly. Yeah. The way he eats. Yeah. Him and Nick will have just, I don't know, the entire travel. Taco Bell menu mm -hmm. just at 9 a.m. Throw some in the fridge for later. And then some ice cream and then just be like, oh, my gut's upset. It's like, no shit. Really? <laughs> no shit. It's 1030. Uh, what'd you say about traveling? Go ahead. How does he travel? Like, if, does he ever have to take long road trips? What does he do? He'll dump on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you hear about the guy who pooped on the plane and they had to turn it around? That was Ty. Oh. Yeah, the diarrhea <laughs> down the entire. Yep. Yeah. What a nightmare. It was a lady. Boy, oh, Wasn't boy. It? Oh, it was oh. a lady? I think it was a lady. I forget because there's been a bunch of. It, it was a lady. It was a lady. I yeah. do believe it was a lady because uh, the clothes in which I think because it ran down her legs. Oh, yeah. Uh, ran down right the, onto the, uh, the whole aisle. Oh, yeah. Boy. I haven't been there in a long time, but Jeez, that's tough. I couldn't imagine how incredibly uncomfortable that would be. Yeah. To just be dumping your pants. Mm -hmm. There he is. This guy just got back from a 12-round fight. 
Way to handle that thing. Basically did a tour. The gate goes just Jeff's feet. The gate looks a little tight. In the feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems That's like the there's feet. maybe another round coming there. Let's do a little post-dump presser here. Uh, <laughs> Coach, uh, how was it out there? It feels like you performed pretty well. That's the longest game you've had to play. Were the boys ready for overtime and double overtime? Uh, anytime you get in a situation where when you get in there, you start sweating immediately. And, you know, I got a little lightheaded as well. Felt like I, I was worried because we were dealing with diarrhea there. I mean, full-on butt-piss city. And I was at the point where, you know, it usually takes a little bit because it just feels like my stomach is constantly just being stabbed by, like, a very serrated blade and it's kind of just going through everything. But I wasn't to the, the butt-piss part yet, and I was like, oh, boy, I'm going to throw up. So now I'm going to have to get off this and puke in the toilet and oh. just – Pray to God that I don't shit all over the floor and all over my pants and my my boxers and everything. Um, luckily, we avoided that, but I did have to pop. To, I sweat through my shirt and my sweatshirt had to pop it off. Um, that was one of the worst mud cakes I've dropped in a long time. Long time ever or long time? Not definitely not ever. But uh, I mean, I'd been on a good run. I felt like I hadn't had to you know get up and leave leave the show and go take a dump in a while and. I mean, I even I mentioned before, you know, the break coming into the third hour. I looked up. I said, five minutes. Do so I have enough time to take a shit? No, I don't think I do. Oh, uh, so this one was building up a little it bit. It was too. a little bit. So it, it it's building for a long time, but then it came quick. It did. Well, and I think you could – I was I was battling up here with Chris Carter. Saw it. I was trying to get through it. I was weird watching. I could feel just all the color leaving my face. You look ghastly. Yeah. yeah. yeah still. White, yeah, you look pale. disgusting. White as a ghost, yeah. Um, but you left it all out there. Yeah, I had yeah. to. I mean, I had no choice. The bigger issue um, is I no longer have any wet wipes in the bathroom. So if I <laughs> is that do, what the water was for? Or no, is that because of the passing out? No, I needed the water because I, my mouth got very dry and I thought I was going to throw up. So I was like, <laughs> hey, this is just a precautionary thing. But now if I do have another round, um, I don't have any wet wipes. Uh, we can door dash that. We can go. Hey, we think you play a great game out there. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Good work. I appreciate Pitch you a good game. Now, good question in, too. Got a good question Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I you did ask about Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Pretty good in there. Mm-hmm. CC actually said, this guy's missing a lot of good stuff. Yeah. We told him you didn't. You saw the whole time. Yeah, I was watching. Okay, we're happy we could accompany in you yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in there with you. Um, did you 20 – it was 25 minutes. I know. Was that a full – Oh, yeah. Ac- action-packed in there? The first five is kind of where you're just like pushing a little bit and it's just like, all right, come on, let's get this show on the road because I know what's coming at that point. You know, it's like I just – now it's just a waiting game. When is it going to actually Well, they say come? that about like the Super Bowl and they everything. Do. Mm-hmm. They it's do. like that. They know? do. But that's the problem is I have these stomach pills. And uh, usually – I don't know if they switched the, the chemistry of what goes into them because it used to be, boom, it just take the stomach – Stomach ache away. You don't have to worry about it now. It's it's basically like a time release. Twelve minutes, boom, and then it it's gonna hurt really bad, and then you're gonna probably shit your pants. But then after that, you usually feel good. Um, I don't know. I I tell you what, I'm I'm kind of shell shocked right now. <laughs> I really am. I Me really too. Am. I was surprised too, bro. We thought we we're gonna have to send somebody in there to go splunking for you. Yeah. Twenty five minutes. Yeah, I would not recommend going in there or s- smelling in there. I would. Yeah, I understand. It's awful. You think you live recklessly with the way you eat, knowing that that could happen for any meal that you have? There? Not really. It's just, it honestly is just my stomach. There's just not a whole lot I can do. And, <laughs> That's what know. I'm saying, though. Do you think there potentially is? You know what I mean? Not really, though, because like yesterday, you know. Like I had Subway and I basically just got a 
plain turkey sandwich with cheese on it, you know, and and I didn't have to take a shit like that yesterday, but I mean it's it's the risky run. It's happened before, and then this morning, you know, like yeah, this place every once. I mean, I, I get it probably three times a week, so you know, I'm, I mean, I'm used to it. I've kind of built up this callus, but every once in a while, this place decides, hey, you know what? Let's put six pounds of cheese in this omelet and just <laughs> and just see what this guy can do with it. And it's hidden in there. I can't see it, so you know, you kind of finish it, uh, and it's just like, well, happy or good. That one felt a little. Hey, Jeremy, we're happy he's back. It was a long time. I worry about time. I mean, that would be that. That's a t- that's tough to deal with. That it's not mind. fun. It's not twenty five minutes. That's diesel. That's so. That's a that's a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in the trenches. Yeah. he yeah. was in the trenches. Trenches Wednesday. Trenches yeah. Wednesday. Good yep. call. All right. Oh, baby, well, that's a packed Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow, won't we? Yeah, yeah, we will. Tomorrow we got a Thursday night football game to chat about with the Giants and the mm. Niners. Yep. That should be fantastic. Hey, Kush, you did a great job, baby. Kush. As did JJ Watt, Chris mm-hmm. Carter, and Jason Kelsey let off the show. You should watch his doc. It's yes. really good. It's really, really good. Tonight's a good night to watch it because, you know. Highly recommend. Nothing on. No football. Tuesday, Wednesday nights have become. Oh, yeah. This is sleep night. Oh, yeah. Exactly. 8, 8 p.m. It is awesome. You know, what I would recommend for you, though. Yeah. Um, why don't we take a little uh, Pepto Bismol at it? Mm. I wish that helped. I do. Oh, we're past that? Oh, yeah. Pepto Bismol ain't, ain't doing shit. Oh, geez. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. We will see you all tomorrow. We got a big one coming. Huge. A big one coming. And we can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your every single afternoon, morning, or evening, wherever the hell you're watching. We hope to be a mental vacation. And with that being said. Got it. Bang. Yes, oh, she did. Man. Yes, Fuck she did. It. Retweet this post and say something nice to somebody and also put the easiest way to pay you and 20 people will win $500 on this beautiful Wednesday. You all are the greatest. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. Goodbye. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.